Get the electricity stapler. You have to get my stapler. I'm gonna have to in the morning. I'm gonna blow. I'm gonna burn the place down. That's what I'm gonna do. Adam Curry, John C. Devora. It's February 14, 2010. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination Episode 174. This is no agenda. Now in high fidelity and coming to you live from the SoCal Southern Hilltop Watchtower Crackpot Command Center in Gitmo Nation West. In the morning, everyone. I'm Adam Curry. And it's a foggy Valentine's Day here in North. In Silicon Valley, I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. In the morning to you, my friend. Same to you. Say it. In the morning. Yes, happy Valentine's Day. Uh, Valentine's Day it is. <laughs> and also the Chinese New Year, I'm reliably informed. Gung Ho Fat Joy. Yes, and I'd like some of that, please, with an egg roll. Yeah, well. You know, I uh, luckily now that I've... Uh, so, first, first things first... Uh, we have a real connection now. I only had to move to Los Angeles to get it. But um, we are now uh, broadcasting in 64 kilobits per second on the stream. And, John, you sound wonderful. Huh. Yeah. That's weird because it was, <laughs> apparently from your perspective, it was, was always, always your, my fault. <laughs> it's always your connection. <laughs> but the good news is I no longer have to say minimum. Because I'm not in the min- minimum security containment cell. You're in a maximum security containment no, cell? No, I'm in the hilltop watchtower now. Oh, the hilltop So I'm, I'm overlooking everything. But it's too bad because I finally got a jingle because I couldn't pronounce minimum. <laughs> uh, so some, this is what came in. Minimum. 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 I said minimum. It's cute, right? Yeah, it's cute. Yeah. Yeah, well, you don't have to say it anymore, so you're lucky. No. No. I'm, uh, have no fear. I'm overlooking all of Southern California for you. So you could be lobbing grenades from where you are. Dude, it's the perfect place. Now, it, we've downsized a little bit. It's not quite as big as the, uh, minimum security com- containment cell, but you can't beat the view. It looked pretty big to me. Oh, no, no, no. Square footage wise? No. No, the other place yeah, but was the, much but, but the other place was just kind of useless square footage. It was like a bowling alley in there. Well, if you're if you're a bowler, it's not useless. Well, you need the pins in the machine. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, I'm real happy, man, because now we're kind of on equal footing. I can hear you. There's almost no delay. Did you send out a tweet? No, of course uh, not. Uh, of course you didn't. Let me go do that. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so we're on uh, Time Warner cable. While you're yeah. doing that, um, and I, uh, it's pretty good. We have 12 mega- megabits down and one megabit up, and we're gonna do it. Uh, th- today's show is a full-on, full-bore test. I've even uh, asked Mickey to upload some porn to see if that breaks the well, you're connection. You're really going for broke. Oh, oh yeah, now <laughs> we're going all out, brother. <laughs> it's nice that that ADSL. How how much crap was that? It was horrible. This is so nice. We could even do video. Yeah, we were practicing on this thing the other day, and you could do video. Yeah, it was pretty good. Something we're not going to be doing, ladies and gentlemen. No, please don't be don't be asking for it. You do not want to see me. I can't I can't speak on behalf of my partner in crime, John, but I have a feeling you don't want to see him in the morning either. I would say that's true. Yes. Okay, you've tweeted, right? You no, I'm, I'm typing it out now. Uh, 
For someone who writes for a living, you write pretty slow. Uh, well, when I'm sitting here with a microphone in my face and this thing down on my lap, I'm not going to be speed uh, speed typing. I usually type. Um, my writing is usually takes place with my legs up into the in the on the on the desk, the uh, keyboard on my lap, and I use one of those ones with a trackpad. So <laughs> and your pants around and, the, and your pants around your ankles. <laughs> <laughs> that would be uncomfortable. And then I just type away. But when I have to, when I'm like, you know, I gotta th- this is going to be slow typing. Really? So you lean back with your feet on the desk and you have the keyboard on your lap? That's how that's how you type normally? Yeah, that's the way I, when I first got a computer, before there were mice, there were, you know, that's the way you would do it. And it's actually very comfortable. And so then when the mouse came along, it was like, oh, no, up and down, up and down. So oh, then the, that thing the will never catch on. Keyboard, <laughs> yeah. Save the bacon. Yeah, that's true. So when they came up with a trackpad keyboard or, you know, or any or even the ones with the with the other pad, I could do this. I could keep doing that. And and, and also it gets you way back from the monitor. Uh, I'm like, I don't know, four or five feet away from the monitor. And so you have to like really uh, exercise your eyeballs to be able to read anything on the screen. Well, from that have, distance. have you considered um, what are those things called? Um, yeah, my eyesight has improved. Oh, sure. But have you considered... Um uh, it's a it's a new device. It's called uh, a laptop. Well, what, what? How am I going to lean with my with a laptop? It'd be heavy and hot. Oh, forget it. Uh, you know, this is exactly why they developed them. You've got they this- developed them as a cheap substitute for a desktop and space saving. And you know, for people who didn't want to actually have a real laptop. Uh, okay. Laptop. You can't type with a laptop in that position. Yeah, of course you can. No, they're perfect for that. Mm. All right, no, John. It's light around you, but you need a, you need something that's stable. You don't need that that awkward screen. Anyway, that's just what I do. John, please tell us who is or are the executive producers for episode one seventy four of this fine program known as No We Agenda. actually went over the top here this week with a bunch of uh, executive producers, but our top guy, the, the executive producer, is Robert B. Lee. Robert Brandon Lee. Hey, B. John and Adam. My wife has donated several times and has convinced me to contribute resources as well. We love the show and would like to support the stream as my wife has. Thanks for all you do. $444.44. Clinton, oh. North Carolina. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you so much, Robert B. Lee and your wife. Uh, the the um, North Carolina, by the way, is, uh, is, is I believe will become one of the great wine growing areas of the country. It's interesting. Uh, last night on HBO, Bill Maher had his uh, stand up. And I think yeah. that was from uh, I think it was he was in North Carolina. Yeah. North Carolina is a great place. Yeah. Uh, then we have uh, our, our associate executive producers, Eon Shemes.com, Shemes, S H E M E S dot com from uh, Permarind, uh, Netherlands. <laughs> yeah. What? It's Ian, not Eon. <laughs> I mean, Ian, yeah, right. Eon. <laughs> you give us two, 258, uh, and he's keeps coming in. Then we have uh, Nelson Ferreira from New Rochelle, New York, who's crediting $210 on behalf of his wife, and she's the one who's going to be the executive producer, Indira Hoffman. Okay, so do we put both of them in, or just Indira? No, no, she, he wants it for her. Okay, hold on. Indira Hoffman, right? Oh, wow. H-O-F-M-A-N-N. Yeah, we'll get all the spelling later. Uh, $200 from Paul Rudkin from Buckingham. Uh, Bucks. Yeah, UK. Bucks. Yeah, Bucks. That's up. That's near uh, Buckinghamshire. 
202 a palindrome from Lucas Hokinson from Selkirk, Manitoba. Canadia. 216 from Dylan Rebel O. The last name is pronounced Rebelo. Here's part of my tax return. You guys ah, do a good job. There you, I was going to say, because we, you know, there's a lot of executive producers, but uh, very few Americans. And, of course, uh, we, we pleaded that you think of us when you receive your tax return check. So Dylan is the first one, or do you think Robert had something to do with that as well? I don't know, but he's in, he's, uh, he's in Cincinnati, gorgeous town. $201.95 from uh, Eric Hertha, Coral Gables, Florida. And finally, uh, out of Hong Kong, China Niels, N-I-E-L-S. Oh, that's what he nice. wants to be referred to. And uh, he has uh, ChinaNiels.com, I believe, is a website. Uh, at 12VPN.com is what oh, he Oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 12VPN.com. You mentioned him last week. Huh. And he's living uh, out of Hong Kong, apparently. Anderson Limited. Anyway, that's our group. Well, Good you know what? That's, that's, a, that's a great group, and it's a very nice Valentine's gift. Uh, it's highly appreciated, as I, I certainly have had some additional costs. <coughs> I would this, think. Uh, yeah. You had to move everything you had, you, you owned in San Francisco, you moved it down there. Yeah. And, and really, the thing that I was most excited about was the connection. I swear to God, I was like, oh, I'm going to get a really blasting uh, And look at it. We've upgraded everything. The stream uh, connection is upgraded. What, was the, what, was your, what were you running the stream at before? 32. Oh. Yeah. I mean, it, still, if I go on the road, I'm still going uh, to have to keep it down to 32 kilobits because of hotel connections and stuff. Uh, but for here at the uh, at the Hilltop Watchtower, fantastic. I mean, you sound great. I mean, who knew you had a voice? I did. <laughs> I, I listened to the Horowitz show. <laughs> Which you can hear on noagendastream.com. So thank you very much to our executive producers. Robert B. Lee is our executive producer with his wife. Uh, then we have uh, executive uh, associate executive producers, uh, Ian Seamus, from com, Indira Hoffman, Paul Rudkin, uh, Luca Hawkinson, Dylan uh, Rebelo, Eric Kurtha, and China Niels. All of you are uh, producers for episode 174 of uh, No Agenda, executive producers, I should say. Please feel free to list that on your resume. We'll vouch for you. Um, and once you become a knight, by the way, then you get phone numbers, right? And we'll actually uh, do reference calls and stuff. I do we have to put it up to a vote of the of the round table. <laughs> yeah, I think I think the the knights will be okay with it. It's it's kind of good. We'll find out. But it is it it has been proven to get you jobs. Yeah, Act, actually, actual I had gigs. a couple of letters. Somebody was talking about that. We got a note in the email about a guy, our friend who was uh, in, from New Zealand, came out and uh, saw us at the Mebio offices, uh, gave us some uh, contribution, and found thirty dollars on his way home. <laughs> I know. Don't you love that? <laughs> Crack me up. Like 30, I mean, how often do you find 30 bucks on the street? Never. No, no, not, Never. Oh, not often enough. No. <laughs> we also have some uh, PR associates for this morning. Oh. Uh, yeah. Uh, so the first one is mainly in Dutch, but uh, it's uh, short. It's Hendrik Smit, who was at a uh, symposium where they were talking about conspiracy theories. And uh, and he was actually arguing with um, I think the editor of the Volkskrant, which is uh, you know probably the most respected leftist. It's kind of like the Guardian, I would say, of the Netherlands. So a uh, bit of a commie thing, but you know they've been around forever. 
and uh, and he was saying, hey, you know, you go, you guys just don't write about stuff that you deem to be a conspiracy theory. And of course, he worked us in. So let's listen to it. Our Dutch listeners will appreciate this. The problem is that there naast goede websites die goed door timmerd door timmerd commentaar geven, er een hoop. Uh, ja, kaf is. Dus ga je naar een website als Zaplog, Zaproeder, uh, hier zitten de heren van VR Change, ga je naar No Agenda. Yay! Dan, uh, the- There it is. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I know. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and our buddy Maynard from uh, Australia, he sent me a note. He says, it's unbelievable what's happened with the in the morning meme. He's even doing it without being conscious of it. <laughs> so he's being tossed to by uh, one of his colleagues on ABC Radio, Australian Broadcasting Company. And uh, he, he said he actually had to go back to the what they call the logger, which is this, uh, you know, it's a machine essentially that just lo- that's just recording everything. Yeah, it's just stream- it takes it, picks up the stream and puts it on a cassette. Yeah, yeah well, uh, I don't think or it's Or whatever, a on a anymore. disc nowadays. Yeah, and I think uh, the whole point is it's actually logged by hours, so if you want to go... You know, fast forward to a certain clip, you just kind of log into a little database. So here's uh, what he found himself doing. He says it was completely subconsciously, but I find that hard to believe. Uh, I mean, can you ma- well, let's listen to it and then uh, I'll give you my opinion. The bassoon that indicates it's time for Planet Maynard. And that's what we're doing here, grooving slowly. We are very slow groovers. Now, look, I've been driving around the Hunter. I was up at Scone this morning. In the morning, and then before that, Were I was. You? I guess, yeah, and then I went to Beresfield for a while. <laughs> you know, do you think the guy is like in bed with his girlfriend, going, "Oh yeah, baby, oh that's it." In the morning, oh yeah, <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> it is possible, but like, whoa. So, um, uh, Hendrik Smith and uh, and our buddy Maynard from ABC uh, both. PR associates for this episode of No Agenda. It's appreciated because that is as good as a donation often. Um, yeah, to get we, the we word need, out. What we need is more listeners because uh, to get the word out is the, is is important. Yeah, and it's and it's a very simple formula. First of all, just to get the word out is important. Uh, second of all, it really helps us because we know that uh, approximately 1.5% of all listeners donate to the show. So if we have more listeners, then that obviously is going to help. Oh, this is funny. I just got a tweet saying I, mis- I misspelled noagendastream.com. I got to go put this back in. <sighs> Meanwhile, let me tell everyone about our formula. It is so elegant. It is very simple. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. That's right. And we do it twice a week. Take that to the bank. So, you know, there's a bunch of murder stories this week. Really? Well, first, uh, well, you can start off with the one that uh, that got my attention about this trend. I mean, first, there's some guy shot up some restaurant, and then there's this crazy story, which I have a a clip of, which is kind of gross. This is the 11-year-old? Yeah. You want me to play that? 
Yeah, play it. Let's check in again with our legal guys. We're going to begin with a pretty disturbing case involving a an 11-year-old who is believed to have uh, shot and killed his father's fiance. The child is now 12. Our legal guys are back with us. Avery Friedman is a civil rights attorney and law professor joining us from Cleveland. And Richard Herman is a New York criminal defense attorney and law professor joining us from Las Vegas. We're looking at the images right now of the crime scene. And there was also uh, the mug shot of this now 12 12-year-old Jordan Brown. What? A mugshot of, I mean, you can't do that of a minor. Apparently. That's crazy. So, Richard, what is the charge that is being considered? Is it first-degree murder? Uh, It's two counts for this homicide, Fred, for not only the woman, but for the eight-month-old fetus. It's a classic circumstantial case. He got a shotgun for Christmas. It was the gun that was in the house. The ballistics matched the gun. The seven-year-old daughter of of the dead woman said, this boy did it. That's the testimony they have. Wait a minute. So the story, as I understand it, is this 11-year-old got a shotgun for Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we go right into Wait, the anti-gun uh, Yeah, thing, I right mean, yeah. So, <sighs> so he got a shotgun for Christmas. Apparently he was jealous about this woman who was dating her his dad, and I guess he hated her. And so he, uh, at, I guess late in the night or whenever she was sleeping in bed, and he put the shotgun up against her head and blew her head off. <laughs> and uh, We have a mugshot of the kid, but we, do we have a picture of that? No, no, I don't yeah. think uh, we would. You know, I, I have a hard time believing this. I mean, I'm, uh, this sounds so much like a plant for the anti-gun lobby. I mean, look, look at all these beautiful pieces that fit together. And, you know, first of all, what what father gives his 11-year-old a shotgun in Nevada, I might remind you. Nevada. This is not like uh, Montana. And uh, and doesn't have it secured and locked up properly and under supervision. That just makes no sense. I mean, yeah, it, it's okay. I mean, if you're given your first firearm, parents are supposed to supervise children. You can't just say, oh, here it is. Be careful, kid. <laughs> that's that's ludicrous. <laughs> now, the other weird story, there's, there's a couple miscellaneous shootings here and there, but the other weird one, which I don't have a clip for, I, I did have it, I don't know where it went, but uh, a professor at the University of Alabama uh, walked into a meeting, uh, a female sociology professor, armed, I guess, to the teeth with a 9 millimeter, and uh, they didn't grant her tenure, so she shot six people in the meeting, killed three of them. Again, you know, guns. But but this is an interesting story because this goes back. Apparently, the Fox had turned up the fact that she had already killed her brother some years earlier with a shotgun. Uh, the story goes as follows. She uh, a shot. Whoever was witnessing this heard. It. First, there was a shotgun blast in a, in the bedroom, and then an argument ensued between her and her brother. Then she shotgunned him in the chest. And then, apparently, before leaving and running off, she blew his head off with another blast. And she got off as an accidental shooting because the former uh, police chief of Boston or some town, some little town in Massachusetts, this is in Massachusetts, uh, just dropped the case. Huh. She ends up in Alabama with a you know uh, with a nine and shoots uh, three kills three people. 
Yeah. Now, this is like a crazy story. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, there's, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of, um, a lot of pieces to that story. I think the Nevada story is just so much more interesting. An 11 year old with a shotgun in the house, unsupervised. It just makes no sense. Yeah, there's some. Well, all these stories are cropping up now and again, and I'm noticing. You know, there's a, there's there's two things that are going on. One is the anti-gun lobby is uh, doing what it can to uh, you know just basically disarm the public, yeah. and. Um, and at the same time, we're getting a whole bunch of we're getting more military uh, coverage. Well, yeah, uh, actually, I was going to say, have we really gotten more military coverage? Because there was a massive, massive pre uh, uh, pre communicated attack on the Helmand province in Afghanistan. Um, that uh, you know that it's very interesting to to read about this. You know about this huge surge they did. I have a clip. Oh, nice! Because I have a theory about it. So where's the? Well, I the... think the clip may solve. The, we'll have your theory in it. Okay, so let me just uh, let's just get some of the facts here. Uh, Fifteen thousand so- uh, soldiers strong, uh, which was not just U.S. but apparently also U.K. Uh, operatives. And it concentrated on the town of Marja, which uh, in most stories you'll see mentioned as a Taliban stronghold. But there is something else going on with Marja. Yes, uh, (laughs) and my clip will reveal it. (laughs) Because the people of Marja were already preparing for this this surge up to uh, almost three weeks ago. February 4th, I have articles of people of Marja saying, hey... You know, we know they're coming. We're getting ready for him. And and perhaps your clip well, will we, explain. We supposedly told them that we were coming in advance to to, to separate the wheat from the sh- the chaff, as it were. Yeah, they, they, <laughs> they figured that. Well, you know, we, well anyway, the clip kind of says really tell. Basically, anyone who listens to our show for a while and they hear this clip, they're going to they're going to all go, oh, okay. Yeah, here it comes. Uh, too early in an operation. Taking a look at a map, Marja is in southern Afghanistan, about 360 miles southwest of Kabul. It is also a key area for drug traffickers. Helmand province is known for producing two-thirds of Afghanistan's poppy crop needed to make heroin, which is also financing the insurgency. A White House spokesman says President Obama has received multiple updates from the White House Situation Room on the operation in Marja and is due to speak with National Security Advisor Jim Jones tonight about this operation. Well, there you go. So uh, it is. Uh, so of course they had to announce and say, "Hey, we're coming because we're coming for those poppy fields." So uh, don't burn them down. <laughs> <laughs> Protect them. I got I got some great pictures from Marja of you know, I got like twelve year old kids sitting peacefully amongst the poppy fields. I bet <laughs> it's just like no shotguns for them. Oh, uh, it's like how I hear. Oh, it's, and by the way, they're in bloom. So uh, once they're in bloom, isn't that too late then? You know, I, I read when we did this about uh, four months ago before they were going to do the October, because October is one of the, they, they, you harvest those things, I think, twice a year. So uh, I, I think that one of the harvest times is like the first of November, and I think there's another one in f- first of March or April. Yeah, check this picture I just uh, Skyped I'm to not, you. But, you know, the trouble is I don't remember all the details now, but... Uh, I'm not sure that it, it, it's that bulb underneath the flower that, wow. Beautiful, isn't it? Oh, these are the white ones. The, the, I saw there was a couple. There's Occasionally you'll see uh, in the... In the uh, They're red ones, aren't they? Isn't it yeah, red, Yeah, the red typically? ones you see in the United States. 
and there was it's a stunning plant. No, it's 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 beautiful. I remember. I mean, poppies kind of can grow anywhere, right? Oh yeah, you can. In fact, until recently, uh, they had to irradiate or do something because when you bought poppy seeds from the spice shop for your poppy seed rolls, yeah, those are those poppies were the good ones. Yeah, and so you could take the take the box of the poppy seeds and throw them out in your backyard and you have a bunch of opium poppies. So, so how come we don't grow opium uh, stateside? Why does it all have to be in Afghanistan? I think it's kinda... it has to do with the, I think maybe it optimizes there, or maybe you can set up the facilities to, to make the heroin easier. Oops, you still there, John? Oh, wow. What just happened? Okay, we're talking about poppy seeds and the connection just broke. Do you have a connection, Mick? Did you kick something? Did something... Uh... Oh, he's back. Hold on. Hold on, John. You there? Yeah. I swear to God, we start talking about the poppies, and my connection went down. Uh-huh. I'm not kidding. Well, it's just, it's just, I, you just know, <laughs> it's a coincidence. <laughs> coincidence? I think not. That's right. crazy, man. The minute we start talking about, you know, can't you just grow poppies anywhere? <laughs> we get on, you know, the guys are just sitting there going like, uh, we have a, we have a fix on him. Okay. He's moved apparently from San Francisco. We can no longer lock the doors on the minimum security containment cell. Ah, he's up there in the hilltop watchtower. Ah, they're talking about growing poppies at home. Disconnect, disconnect, pull the plug, pull the plug. So, um, Anyway, the uh, you can you used to be able to just grow them. I mean, the problem is it's a, it's a heavy uh, labor-intensive process. You, I don't think it's trivial to make the. I mean, I there were some poppies growing in a lavender field in uh, Squim, Washington, that I saw. I said, I was looking around. I actually took pictures. I should send it, uh, post them. It's like, what are these poppies? Because I said these look like opium poppies. And by the way, they're very tall. But you're still not answering the question: Is can we actually? I mean, why why don't we just grow them everywhere? Because it's illegal. Oh. Hello? <laughs> yeah, but so is marijuana. I mean, and we don't have a problem growing that. Can you grow them indoors? Can you do them uh, under lights? Poppies. You know, if you had a big poppy field instead of a marijuana field, you'd lose money on the deal. Oh, really? The one thing in the marijuana field, you just pull down the plants and start selling chunks of it. You <laughs> don't have to smoke do any it. work. <laughs> just smoke it. <laughs> smoke oh, yeah. it from right just off the field. Right. I'm so sorry. You got to cut the little buds. You got to oh, drink no, no. it. It's work. No, it. no, you're right. I'm sorry. It's work. What am I thinking? Work. It's work. <sighs> Oh, those my people God. are specialists back there. So let me just say, it's very clear what is going on here. This whole raid, which was here, I have the. Um, let me see. I have an article. This is the. If you look at this article that I sent you, John, actually says it's the worst kept secret in Afghanistan. The major offensive set to begin with within a few days. This is posted February fourth. If not we hours, the post. Yeah, if not hours, will be for. Marja, a district just 15 miles from Helvin's provincial capital, Lashkarga, that's like an escargot, Lashkarga. The military has been scattering leaflets <laughs> and broad hints everywhere else, seemingly hoping that the insurgents will follow recent patterns and melt away. Yeah, right. I, I'd like to see uh, what was on the leaflet. Hey, you. Know, you. Somebody's got to get us a copy of the leaflet. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that'd be it. 
interesting to see. But, you know, the thing is, it's, I, I think it was like, we're coming to get you, Taliban. Here's a beer. If you want to get out of town while we go pick these poppies, it's okay. <laughs> it, how come no one sees this? Well, well, this why? woman, Jean McKenzie and Aziz Ahmad Tassal, they apparently see it. Yeah, but they're not really linking the connect. I mean, if you look at the whole story, it's not actually saying, um, you know, they're saying, oh, well, we have to go get the poppies because that's funding the insurgency. A bull crap. It's funding the CIA and Wall Street. Well, it's doing a good job. Yeah. No, it's not. Wall Street is not doing so good. Well, maybe we get it up to production. I mean, there's some other actions going on. What was my son was telling me about? Some crazy, uh, the the talk, uh, the the or more toxic. Uh, oh, by the way, click on the link on that page that says uh, the Dutch are cracking down on the marijuana trade. Where and does see it what say it that? says. Where does it say Look at that? the picture. Where where does it say that? It's right next to on that on that on the right, just right of that uh, article. It says Dutch cracking down on marijuana. Maybe I have a different page. Maybe it's. Dynamically generated. It says most popular. Just under the email article print version, add to Reddit. I don't have it, man. Are you, are you, well, that's, click on that link you sent me. Yeah, I'm on that link. I'm looking at it right now. And there's no most popular? No. Oh, okay, well, here, let me just send you the link. You're going to crack up. Okay. Dutch cracking down on, uh, on marijuana. Yeah. That's what it was? Okay. Well, will you Here. send it already? No, I'm, I'm cutting it. Jeez. <laughs> Just, it's Command L, Command uh, Alt Tab, and then to Skype, and then uh, Control V. It's right there. there you, you got go. it. Uh, takes you forever, old timer. Huh? You push what? <laughs> Some of Amsterdam caught. Well, didn't we talk about this just yesterday? No, but look at the picture. <laughs> it says free Adam. Okay, that's funny. <laughs> that's a good picture. Yeah, you know, we, we identified um, something interesting as our producers have been emailing in about the wacky weed. So this was the story on uh, uh, Thursday's show about this uh, air traveler who got arrested because he was flipping out on weed. And, of course, I highly question that probability uh, being an expert and uh, no, they're trying. We're going to see, like we said before, we're going to see a lot of propaganda about this because, they, for some reason, they do not want the Californians to pass the legalized marijuana uh, referendum. Well, but listen, yeah. So I agree with you on that, but I have received a number of very disturbing, similar emails from our audience, listeners, producers, and apparently potheads. Uh, dude, on epi- <laughs> whenever it starts with, that- <laughs> yeah, whenever it starts with dude, you know, <laughs> dude, yeah, dude, <laughs> dude, on episode 173, you talk about the guy flipping out on a plane on weed. Well, not quite the same thing. My girlfriend had a similar experience a few weeks ago. We don't smoke much, but have been regular smokers for a pretty long time. She literally took two tokes and flipped the F out for 18 hours straight. I had two hits of the same bowl, and I was fine, but she completely flipped. She wasn't violent, but she was way paranoid. Yeah, dude, that's kind of like... Sounds like PCP. Well, and this is... So he even says that he thought it might be PCP, but he smoked the, the same weed, and and it didn't affect him at all. Well... And, and, you know, but I'm thinking, John, could it be a binary thing where maybe it's in combination with something else that you have some other uh, substance... Like McDonald's French fries. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, people have to go back to show 140 to get that reference. Yeah. Uh, so a doctor uh, emailed in. Okay, listening to the last episode about the guy in the San Francisco flight who double-dosed uh, on weed, you gave two reasons why he acted like that. One, it was laced. Two, it was a bullshit story. Well, as a... Oh, a nurse, I'm sorry. In a drug alcohol rehab and psychiatric facility, we've got quite a great audience, don't we? John, we can get hooked up anywhere. Uh, I give you option three, the most likely because I see it all the time in Southern California. He was some psychotic guy who happened to get a script for medical marijuana. The guy would have done that regardless, even if he had smoked before the flight or not. So what this person is saying is if you're already kind of psycho, then uh, the weed could make it worse. But uh, this makes no sense because I've never seen that. You've never, you never, in, after re the reefer madness uh, campaign of the, uh, what was that, the 30s, John? Yeah, late 30s. Late 30s, which of course was meant, uh, was built up by the um, paper people. Yeah, by Hearst, wasn't it Hearst? Yeah, Hearst and then and, and, uh, Anslinger working for the government. Yeah, because they, they, they didn't want uh, cheap paper being made out of uh, hemp. Hemp. Right. So then they made up this thing about Mexicans raping and killing women and uh, kids going crazy and killing each other. But really, if, if, you, if, you really go, if you really look at the news reports, you just don't see very often guy smokes joint, goes on killing rampage. By yeah. the way, here's the problem with Reefer Madness. I don't, I, I don't think they ever got. They should, the movie wasn't about killing. It was about going crazy and going nuts sexually. And oh, yeah. so you'd have these guys smoking. There's a great movie everyone should watch it just to get the, the, the secondary message. It goes like this. A guy's a normal shy character, and he goes to a party, and there's a bunch of hotties there. And then they start smoking. <laughs> the smart dope. They smart and smoke, then the guy smoke starts getting dope. real horny, and the girls go crazy, and they're all, you know, without. <laughs> saying it they're all apparently all having wild sex which is like a good thing right so i'm thinking what does the teenager think when he sees this whole wow if i can find some girl that smokes pot i mean i gotta <coughs> i gotta get me some of that yeah i think it was a, a poorly done uh uh document well not documentary is a fictional bullshit crap story but i think it was i think the message i think they got, gave the wrong message it was a thinly veiled endorsement is what you're trying to say Oh, yes, exactly. Meanwhile, while all of that, of course, is being outlawed, we have the vaccinesforteens.net website, John, which you must take a look at. Please. And there's also, by on that, there's also a bunch of Valentine billboards around the oh, country. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get a, get a date for get Valentine's Day. Get vaccinated for Valentine's Day. I know. I've got some of that in the show notes. What's the name of this thing? It's uh, Here, I'll send you the link because it's such a crazy one, you can't even spell it. Vaccinesforteens.net. You have to look at this. Oh, brother. So oh, the, my. They're going for broke with this. So they've got w, the, the NBA and the WNBA cares. Yeah. So this Influenza, is Influenza, HPV, meningitis, pertussis. And uh, what is pertussis? That, that's a respiratory disease. It's isn't whooping it? cough, isn't it? Which you get anyway, unless this is a different version. I thought it was whooping cough. Well, the whole point, though, is that essentially here they are. Um, you know, once again, propagating drugs with vaccines, which we know is like the big, that's the big pipeline. They've got like the Benetton kids here on this, uh, on this website. Now, here's the interesting thing. Who is vaccinesforteens.net? Who do you think owns that domain name, John? Uh, Pfizer? No, it, it's even better than that. It's pu know. Publicis. 
Moda oh, Media. Yeah, of course. Oh, right, the public relations. Uh, uh, yeah, of course. Of course, public relations. There you go. And uh, see what you can do. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty weird. And then uh, on top of that, there are now some uh, legal bills in New York that are uh, pending. If passed, these two bills in New York State would allow healthcare practitioners to vaccinate children under 18 against HPV without their parents' consent. Because, of course, the... The this, bills by are, the way, is targeting the black audience. It's an NBA uh, endorsement. Everybody in this picture is black except one. Uh, no, I think everybody. No, it's not, girl, the well, light she looks a little light-skinned. Like yeah. Kind of, you know, she's part black. So here's, and, here's how it works. Let me explain. And so I'm they're pretty, trying to, this is, this is really terrible. It, it's, it is abhorrent, I think, is the word you would use. So the way, so the way this is coming down is that Gardasil... Um, and uh, well, basically, Merck uh, and GlaxoSmithKline. So they get the approval for this, and they've got to sell it. They've got to move this stuff. It's like it's like two hundred bucks a shot. You have to get two. This is big, big business. This is real important for their bottom line. They're putting out forty to fifty dollar marketing kits in dorm rooms, hanging on doors. They're giving away seventy five dollar shopping sprees to kids in malls, and now they're trying to uh, ram through legislation. And you're right, it is targeting the black audience because they think it's an easy target. No, oh, by the way, let's be like Mike. The NBA endorses it. It's disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. Well, the black community has to be targeted a little bit because there is a undercurrent within the black community that all this is bull crap. And it's just people, try, just the white man trying to kill some black man in some odd <laughs> well, way. And that's what it is. Yeah, that's the, the joke of it. <laughs> yeah, real ha ha, real funny. But in the meantime, when you actually get the NBA, the NBA to endorse this, you know, that's like, you know, we know the NBA helps sell tennis shoes and sneakers. So, yeah, it's a slam dunk for HPV and influenza. Slam dunk. No pun intended. No, I try. Okay. Yeah, that's bad. This is bad. Oh, well. No, it's it's beyond bad. It's it's highly irritating, and and I think someone should call them on. I mean, I'm, can, can we, are we the only people that see through this this scam? No, I think most of our listeners, as soon as they see stuff like this, they go, go, the red flags go up all over the place. <sighs> Wow, yeah. And who knows how effective it is. It's a crappy website that just showed up. Nobody, probably nobody goes to it. It's one of those things where publicists or whoever it is that puts it up gets to ding the NBA for a bunch of money. And then, you know, how many yeah, people are going to go but, but there's something. How many there's, black people or white people, anybody, how's, who's going to go to this website? Well, but there's a bigger, there's a bigger organization behind it, which is the, um, U.S. government. Yeah. <laughs> Society for Adolescent Medicine. Oh, well, we need to look into them. Well, it's uh, adolescenthealth.org is, uh, is what it is. And uh, they call it SAM, a multidisciplinary organization of health professionals who are committed to advancing the health and well-being of adolescents by killing them. <laughs> Hey, there's an annual. There's an annual. Hey, meeting. we got a population control issue here. <laughs> there's a, there's an annual meeting in uh, in Toronto on April seventh. Adolescent clinical care: How to kill your teens with an injection. 
It's nasty. Sam, Society for Adolescent Medicine. Lovely. Also the name of a strike force missile. <laughs> Surface to air missile, I think is what it is. Yeah, that's what that's what it is, Sam. Douchebag. So uh, that's our new douchebag. Uh, you, have to, you have to say douchebag after you name somebody's name. I don't think you just do a generality about. Okay, okay. Let me try this. John C. Dvorak. Douchebag. No, it doesn't quite work. Hmm. <clears throat> so uh, well, can we just stay on hey, health? By the way, I have a pet peeve. Can, before we do that, can I just stay on health for one second? No. Okay. Go ahead. No, 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 please, I would not if want it, to. Not unless you got something good to say. John C. Dvorak's pet peeve of the day. I really actually, uh, well, you know, I have actually a couple today, but this one really bugs me. So I got this paper because I had to put it in to print on the printer from Printworks Recycled Multipurpose Paper with a big leaf, picture of a leaf on the cover and, a, and an element tree, a big kind of a recycled symbol and a, another recycled symbol, and it's all printed in green, and it's packaged in plastic. What? How is this recycling? It's a, it's a, it's um, impossible to open thick plastic packaging around this recycled paper. This doesn't sound like recycling to me. It's a scam. Anyway, that's it. Hold on, John. Hold on a second. We have uh, a stream fail apparently. Oh yeah, the stream. Somebody said the stream went down. Although it looked like it was broadcasting to me. Hold on. Let me just uh, set it up so people don't get all uh, pissed off. It's worth it. Hold on. Uh, wait a minute, that didn't work. Bear, uh, bear with me. Let's try that again. Okay, that should that should bring it back up. Okay, good. Sorry about that. Uh, so. Just so people can... John, John, what are you doing? I'm typing a Twitter out saying that you started the stream back up. Okay, do, do your pet peeve of the day again. The pet peeve of the day is that I bought this recycled paper that's got all these logos all over it, and it's recycled this way. It's element tree and print works, recycled paper, picture of a leaf, designed for everyday use, contains recycled this and that. And it's, and it's packaged in this plastic package. It's plastic. John Like, what kind of recycling is this? <laughs> yeah, it's faux green, is what we call that. Faux green. Anyway. All right, so for those of you uh, rejoining us on the stream, um, I, I, I don't know, I guess they, they, uh, we dropped out the minute we started talking about growing poppies at home in America. <laughs> they pulled the plug. Without advocating it, by the way. <laughs> no, not at all. It was just a question. It was scientific research. And, uh, and all of a sudden, the, we got the plug got pulled. But like seriously, on my end, this connection has been up for twenty four hours. And then the minute we talk about that, boom, it goes. Uh, yeah. Coincidence? Yeah, exactly. Coincidence? I think not. So uh, what else we got here? So here's the thing that's interesting. We're talking about the gun situation. Now I'm cruising around the Dish Network, which just cavalierly, you know, drops channels in and out of the whole thing. So 9405 shows up. Okay, a new channel. Yeah. And what yeah. is it? 
The Pentagon Channel. Yeah, you, you know, you can get that on uh, Ustream and a couple other... Uh, uh, you can always get it. It's been around since 2004, but, it's, but apparently Gates... Uh, during the Bush administration in 2008, decided to, instead of just because it was originally designed as a kind of a TV ch- channel for a closed channel for the military, so they can get you know official news internal only. And so then they said, yeah, let's use this as a you know why should we do press conferences with the media? And there's a really nasty, interesting story on ABC's uh, blotter uh, about it, bitching about this thing because you know they don't have to. It just it's just a propaganda. Thing. Yeah, you, know what the pro- you know what the problem is with that channel? They don't have any good reality shows. Oh, they will. They need to they put something have a on like show. Yeah, <laughs> they need to have like yeah, like a cooking show where you they show have you a how- cooking show with a sergeant guy, and he, and it's like. <laughs> As far as I can tell, looking at the way these wars are going, we don't even use army cooks anymore. They seem to be outsourced. I think we need a reality show like you know uh, some poppy growers in Afghanistan and how they're always you know it's like and they have the GIs come by and hey well we're gonna attack you next week you better hide it kind of you know like that '70s show that would really make the channel interesting right now it's pretty boring I, do, I it is always kind of interesting when you see everyone in uniform when they're on screen yeah you know guys giving the news he's wearing he's got yeah, a bunch you know, of- <laughs> it's like that doesn't really work how about a, a suit and tie. You know, it's like. <laughs> so if people want to check it out, you go to military, pentagonchannel.mil. Yeah. Oh, they have streaming there? On that site? They have all this stuff. They have, a, they have, yeah, kind of. There's a bunch of, all the stories are there. You can click on them. So I've diversified, John. Uh, I, I, I took the uh, television package from uh, uh, Time Warner. Oh, with your cable? Yeah. Yeah. Did so you get the, the phone, too? Yeah, yeah. I got the phone. But you everything. got triple play. Yes, I, and it feels good. I got triple play. That's I got triple charge is what you get. Damn, that's expensive. No wonder people are giving up their cable subscriptions. It's unaffordable. It's pretty high. Oh, I mean, just to get just to get it's a passive business, except for the fact they have to keep up the internet. Well, it's not entirely true because they do have to pay. You know, um, HBO and Showtime and Cinemax, and they have these carry charges. I mean, there there is actual cost involved with all this. It's not free for them to pass that on. So what, did you get the full package, the full uh, Monty? Yeah, of course I did. Mm. Yeah, no, I've, I've got to be able to scan. You know, you've got the Dish Network, so you've got the, the channels there covered, and I've got to see what's going on over here. Of course, uh, HD, the first thing, I flip this thing on, the first HD I get is a slow-mo of the, of the, uh, the Georgian loser slamming into the... Uh, into the steel pipes at the uh, at the oh. Olympics. My God, they stopped showing that. I didn't get to see it. I oh. actually wasn't interested. Oh yeah, no. It ha- I, I, I turned it on almost. Uh, it could have been more than an hour after it happened, and they were running uh, repeats and slow mos and looked pretty good in HD. I mean, not for the guy, but wow. So what happened? He went over the edge and slammed into a pipe? Yeah, so, well, first of all, you forget that these are actually kind of dangerous sports, and in a way, it's probably very good for the ratings, because people go, oh, shit, man, that's like NASCAR. Stuff can actually go wrong. So the guy, you know... You he, can get killed. Yeah, you can. It's dangerous stuff. So he's near the... Uh, he comes out of a turn into a, a short straightaway, but he loses control of his sled, and then, you know, he flips over, and he flips out of the, uh, out of the track and hits this steel beam... And, of course, people are like, well, you know, we should have had the beam padded. I'm like, uh, listen, 
Uh, it's not speed that kills, it's the lack of speed. And it doesn't matter if you hit a steel beam or a padded steel beam, your organs are going 90 miles an hour and you bring those to a full stop, you're going to die. Or you're going to be severely hurt. Yeah, he'd be a vegetable if it was padded. Yeah, so he he passed away. Of course, it's in- incredibly sad, but great for the ratings. I can just hear the executives go, oh, hey, hey. oh, because now people are watching. So, uh, huh. I see Nelson Ferrara just sent us an email. He he gave the money for his wife. And he said, by the way, her location is in Brazil. And then he dared me to pronounce it right. You want to give it a a shot? Curitiba. Curitiba, I think. Uh, I I say you failed. Uh, Probably. Hey, what's that story? You know, we were talking about pharmaceutical companies. What's that story about 11 tons of... Plasma that was stolen? Yeah, didn't we do that last week? No, no, it came in during the week. And uh, apparently, so here's the story. In Poland, police, oh, actually they recovered 11 tons of human blood plasma that had been stolen from Baxter International. Now, Baxter, of course, we know as the company that... uh, released the H1N1 virus in a vaccine and sent it to 18, I think it was 13 or 18 countries in Europe. And uh, luckily a lab technician discovered it before people were infected and killed. And, uh, and you know, what is Baxter? I didn't know Baxter was in the plasma business, which we know is a huge business. Oh, yeah, it's a big business. Sucking it out of poor people and selling it to rich. Yeah, yeah. But 11 tons of plasma? That's a lot of sucking. It's <laughs> a lot of plasma. Yeah. Huh. I don't know. It's another one of them stories that we'll probably keep in the back of our minds, and then uh, something will trigger a thought, and we'll figure out what, what's going on there. Maybe they're doping it up with some sort of crazy uh, virus or something. Well, you don't know. Anyway, um, so just, just to stay briefly on these Winter Olympics. Um, so... so you know, the, the story now about Whistler, and it's, uh, it's not just Whistler, it's, it's the, all, there's the big snow problem they have. And it seems like, and, and I'm no uh, weather expert, and I'm certainly not a climatologist, although looking at the IPCC, it doesn't take much to become one and contribute to and report. But it seems like the lack of snow is being used as a global warm, a pro-global warming tactic. Yeah, and, and from what we're getting from well, wait a minute, aren't they the ones who say it's climate and weather? Don't is that the same thing? How can they they moan and groan these people when you talk about those snowstorms in Washington D.C.? But now they can use the same argument when it comes to Vancouver. You're telling me that apparently. Well, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, but it's whatever hits the headlines. So we're getting a lot of uh, interesting feedback on this from our Canadian listeners. We have quite a number of them. And they're saying, you know, typically uh, the weather, that's kind of what the weather is. The whole point of, of, uh, of Whistler in particular is that it's kind of nice. You know, it can get to like six or seven degrees Celsius, um, you know, and it's, and, but you're on a glacier up there. So, it, you know, you, you, you can still ski and snowboard. I've been up there and, and I have to say the weather was really nice. You know, you can wear like uh, summer clothes almost. But yeah, no, Whistler is notorious for having being warm and snowy. 
Yeah, but so they don't have any snow, and now the, and you know all the officials are like, oh, this is freaky, and uh, oh, we, this has never happened before. Meanwhile, the rest of the world is in shambles. You know, it's still snowing in Europe, in uh, in most parts of Western Europe. The east coast of the United States is under snarmageddon, snarmageddon, snowmageddon. That's like smarmageddon. Smart snarmageddon sounds good. Yeah. Um. So it seems like this is just being used a little bit. And uh, you know they're talking. Oh, you know the the oh, all of the it's all of the snow was melted while they were water. You know they were injecting water onto the uh, onto the ski slope, and they actually you know they like they left the hose on overnight or something or forgot about it and screwed <laughs> up the slope. <laughs> they screwed up the slope. <laughs> I don't know. Man. I think they should just do the Winter Olympics with, instead of regular skis. Have those skis that have wheels on them. <laughs> yeah, that'll be fine. Just go down the dirt. <laughs> uh and isn't the the olympics isn't that traditionally isn't that supposed to be like a a truce like a ceasefire in, in all wars around the world whenever the olympics are held oh yeah 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 that's what it is yeah it may be pre-world war one well, you know, I'm just saying because, of course, we had that massive uh, Marja offensive that was launched during the uh, pretty much at the same time. The Oh, but that was a nice distraction of the week now, come to think of it. Yeah, the Olympic Games, the Winter Olympic Games open up and we move into the poppy fields. The distraction of the week on no agenda. There you go. You know, you got to pick those things when you got to pick them. You don't have a lot of choices. It's not like a big, it's not like a huge two month, I don't think, you know, range of uh, time where you get to get in there and get that, get that juice out of there. The poppies I'm talking about. Right. Well, let's find out exactly when the harvest is so we know for sure. All right. Interestingly enough, the, um, there was a story that I found uh, in the Atlantic uh, online, the business uh, section. They're saying that uh, Greece's uh, financial problems, which, of course, a lot of it was just covered up, um, and their deficit was supposed to be, you know, like 3% or 3.1%, but it, you know, after they said, ooh, it looks like we had some accounting error, it shot up to 12 or 13. Uh, a lot of news now saying that this is because of the uh, 2004 Olympics, that they went so deep into debt. Oh, yeah. That uh, that, that basically screwed up the entire uh, trade balance. I remember when they were putting that. I was actually in Greece. Uh, I think a year before the, uh, they were still they were building out for that for the Olympics coming in two thousand four, and uh, and they were talking about breaking the country then. Well, so it's going to break the country. We can't afford this. Is ridiculous. Oh, we must have it. We are Greece, and Greece is where it began. You know, which is nonsense, of course, because the whole thing is uh, just a staged uh, commercial enterprise. And uh, with huge gaps between you know what happened, and it wasn't the same. They were naked, by the way, in the original Olympics, which was cool back in the day. So, uh, well, that was on. Uh, I was seeing the, um, I think it was the Colbert Report, and they had the guy on who was a curator for some museum, and he was going through um, the artwork for uh, different Olympics. And it was always about the individual, and of course, naked individual, and then even in. Uh, in the 40s, you had the Olympics in um, uh, Berlin. You had the... Well, actually, uh, the 30s, I think, is when the Berlin 30s, Olympics. I'm sorry, the Berlin Olympics. And it was all the individual, the individual. Then all of a sudden, 
Um, it you know we got these crappy logos and like you know weird puzzle looking pieces and and all this you know crazy stuff. It was no longer about the individual. It was basically about the corporation, the corporations that are sponsoring it. Right, and the nationalist uh, teams. How many medals did the United States get today, Jim? Right. We got three golds, one silver, and one bronze. What there about was, Russia? There was some uh, some weird brouhaha. Let me see if I can find it. Or a brouhaha, it. perhaps. Nah, brouhaha. Let me see if I can get the story right. Um, so the, you, know, you have the uh, the Olympic, the Winter Olympic uh, logo, which includes this wacky. A set of bears, right? But somebody made a picture and put what they call the the ped, the pedo bear in there. So the pedo bear uh, is, uh, of course, that's short for pedophile bear. Okay, What's so a he, pedo bear. Okay, so if if you just Google it, you'll find out. So okay, okay, so you have the Winter Olympics logo, which is uh, these bears, right? And these bears with the with the uh, Olympic rings on their chest, and then someone, as a joke, I guess the pedo bear was here. It is originally devised by members of the anarchic 4chan message board as a way of mocking users who expressed a sexual interest in young people. And so they redid the logo with this pedo bear in it. And uh, <laughs> pedobear.org. Yeah. And uh and so but you know, but mainstream news is so stupid. They're publishing this, they're just grabbing it from Google, right? Because it's got all the juice. And so that basically the pedo bear is showing up everywhere. <laughs> pedo bear seal of approval. <laughs> what is it? Pedo let me find this. Pedobear.org. <laughs> yeah, pedobear.org. That's bad. <laughs> It is Peter Bear plush has arrived. Yeah, that's the one. So you see, if you just if you now if you Google uh, for the Winter Olympic, is the mascot here? <laughs> this is very funny. It's showing up in programming guides and newspapers. <laughs> it's just like that, the wrong Sarah Palin book that started showing up. All <laughs> it's just, it's it's so it's almost. I mean, it's like it's like publishing Goatsy. You know, it's just as bad. Polish newspaper claims Pedo Bear is 2010 Vancouver Olympics logo. Uh, Pedo Bear. Yeah, if you look up Winter Olympics Pedo Bear and Google and then hit the news thing, you'll get. Uh, <laughs> apparently, it's, of course, to start with this Polish paper, it looks like. But well, they're, it, they're the, yeah, they're the ones that publish it first, but unbeknowing, unbeknowing to gone that way. Coed Magazine, uh, there's a whole bunch of different ones. Stupid idiots. <laughs> well, and of course they can't go and uh, and debunk it on mainstream news, you know, because then we'd have we'd be talking about we could be deemed sex offenders as news as news readers. It would be so wrong. Pedo Bear joins Winter Olympics lineup. <laughs> <That's> bad. <laughs> You're you're just surfing and enjoying it, aren't you? Sorry, I'm just uh, this pedo, <laughs> pedo bear. This is one of the pictures that it was in the newspaper. It had all these different little logo characters. <laughs> the pedo bear is in there. It's bad. So, uh, great gag, guys. Whoever was responsible, pass it on to whoever they were and give us give them our compliments. <laughs> That's a good one, and we need it's more of that. So we need the no agenda bear. Yeah, we do need the no agenda bear. 
and get them, <laughs> slip them in here and there, or, or no agenda, some sort of mascots, or maybe a series of them that can be kind of dump, dropped in. They have to <laughs> Just look anywhere. like something that would be like official. <laughs> That's so bad, John. That's so bad. All right. Um, I think we should uh, talk about how people can help us find these fantastic little nuggets of Internet lore and pass them on to you, because this, of course, will get you good yucks at any cocktail party if you can turn people onto the pedo bear. Yeah, definitely. And uh, as you know, we have no commercial interruptions on this program because we're interrupted enough by the CIA and the NSA disconnecting us. You know, so why bother with with even more disruption by putting in commercial messages and, of course, severely limiting our ability to actually speak about topics? Can you imagine if we were sponsored by the Olympics? Oh, yeah, we'd be in jail. We would. (laughs) Yeah. You and me and a guy named Bubba. Right. The real pedo bear. So, uh all right, let's go over a couple of people that gave us money. Uh, let's start with uh, somebody we overlooked. Idiosyncrasy is his code name, and uh, he wants us to plug uh, totse2.net, T-O-T-S-E-2.net. Which is kind of a it's, a, it's a weird site. I mean, there's some, there's all kinds of interesting stories, but there's a lot of hostility on it as well. well there's a lot of hostility out. out there. Yeah. Uh, Paul Stecklenberg, uh, 69... Or sixty six ninety nine. He's uh, he has an interesting idea for donors, uh, especially in Europe. He's uh, in uh, Breda, Netherlands. Breda, Breda. How do you say Gouda again? Say it. Gouda. <laughs> uh, he says he thinks it's a great idea to donate now before the euro falls more. Oh yeah, because it only get more expensive. Yeah, you get more bang for your buck. Uh, Brandon K- Kaylee uh, Le Sur, Minnesota. Uh, 50, Leon Hemmings, uh, and by the way, he's in, Leon Hemmings is in Bourne and Buckinghamshire, but his, he's on the street and or something, I guess is, I don't know, but, but the name of the street is Witch End, W-A-T-C-H. <laughs> yeah, the rear end, of course. Witch End. Uh, Bill Erst. Uh, also in uh, London, uh, 55-55, 54-20 from Brent Wood- Wojnowski in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, home of the Oshkosh Air Show. Sorry? Home of the Oshkosh Air, Air Show. Oh, that too. Right. Oh, yeah. Oshkosh is the mecca of, uh, of air shows. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Uh, and then 6660 from... Uh, uh, Dean Chartier in Calgary, uh, who's I think even before, but he has a long note. I'm gonna the second payment has resulted from canceling the cable. I like to think of it as my own program for redistributing wealth from giant media to no agenda. Thank also you. Also signed up for a five dollar per month plan to supplement my personal layaway night program. I'd be sending more money to the no agenda stream program a little later in the month, but I want to keep the distribution redistribution of media cash on the main program. More people should try it. I don't miss cable, and in fact, I was out of town on Groundhog day and turned on cnn to see what was going on around the world the top two stories were the study about how people who watch more than four hours of tv a day are 80 percent more likely to get heart disease you know what i'm down with that and uh, if you're thinking of giving up your cable think about it that's you know if cable is like six or seven hundred bucks a year if you're lucky that's all yeah exactly and then you've got no internet with it but yeah i mean i pay 55 bucks for the premium package that's on top of 
the $30 standard package. That's a, that's a knighthood. That's a knighthood right there on an annual basis. It's crazy. And you can get everything you want. You've, you, oh, so there's that one show you want to see? Oh, go get it from Hulu. And then, yep. and then hook a brother a up and join. Yeah. I've talked to more people that watch Hulu all the time. Uh, $100 from Francis Guare. Square. It rhymes with square. It's Guare. Deerfield, Illinois. Tristan Lennon again from Wagga Wagga. <laughs> uh, another $100 from him. He's a regular. He's, yeah. Isn't he close to, he must be like three quarters of the way to a knighthood. Yeah, he's almost there. But he, I just like saying Wagga Wagga. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ray Manguel uh, from Jersey City, $50. He wants to plug RadioGuy.com. Uh, and then Robert Wright, a student from West Midlands, uh, UK, uh, says that he and he's donated fifty bucks. He says he's a student and you know he can't afford it, but he's going to do it anyway. Uh, and finally, Tong Andrew, who's in Hong Kong, another fifty from him, and he uh, did say "gung ho, fat choy." Uh, as a reminder, is, uh, that's New Year's happy, happy New Year. Well, you know, it's it's heartwarming to when I hear a student from the British Midlands who really can't afford it, but is still you know donating to the show um, and he and he's you know uh, uh, he's a great example to his peers and and by the way donate to all forms of uh, alternative media I, I think yeah, we that, can, yeah that you enjoy you know what it, you can you can, we can set up a, a small economy of money that's flowing around I mean I PayPal although expensive and not necessarily the best way it seems to be the most ubiquitous way to send money online. We're going to add a Google thing too because some people just insist. Okay, that's that's fine. You you can never have too many ways to to donate the money, but you know, I do use PayPal to to send it back. You know, I I I buy apps uh on my iPhone, which is not of course PayPal, but it is the digital money. Um, I uh, donate to other websites, to other shows. Yeah, I, I donate ten bucks a month to to Twit, or at least to that's uh, Tip Leo. Because I listen to the show, and, and I, I found myself actually, you know, this is a, a while back. I was like, I'm a freaking hypocrite. You know, I listen. To, and one of the few shows that I watch uh, regularly, I actually watch it. I like watching the video uh, portion. I think it's extremely well done. And I'm like, well, yeah. And then Leo starts his uh, tip thing up again. I'm like, okay, uh, I'll I'll subscribe for ten bucks a month, which I think is the only option. And, and it's worth it. It's it, it's a ten buck a month show, no doubt about it. It's uh, it's worth every uh, every penny. But then there's websites if they ever if they have a donation drive, I'll donate to them. And even some of our listeners have hit me up for cash because they're like starving, and I've given money to them through PayPal. So you can go to uh, noagendashow.com, Dvorak.org, slash N-A, and uh, channeldvorak.com, slash N-A, and we would appreciate it. We also uh, will be listing all the uh, executive producers who uh, were so kind this week to give us uh, a great amount of donations. Um, I might as well re-mention re- their names. Robert Lee, uh, Ian, Ian, uh, Ian. <laughs> Ian Shemis, Indira Hoffman via Nelson Ferrara, Paul Rudkin, Lucas Hokinson, Dylan Rebelo, uh, Eric Hertha, and uh, China Niels. And I'd also like to say that many of the No Agenda militia, who you can always find hanging around the chat room at noagendachat.com, are software developers. And um, back in the early days, pre-PayPal, we had this thing called freeware or shareware 
and uh, there would be a little a uh, little thing that say, hey, you know, can you contribute? Seven? And you know, of course, then it was check or money order, which was very inconvenient. But if you download a program that is asked for a donation, and if you find yourself using it regularly, or if you, you know, if maybe it's a one-off deal, but in many cases, you you have these little programs that you're using over and over again, and yet yeah, cost you nothing to download and to use. But you know, send some money to those guys. You know, this is a this is a, we can you can really create an economy. Now, John and I can't live off of this yet, but we would like to. And and I'm definitely you know moving in that direction just by setting myself up for it with a better connection. But think about it. I mean, it, it's it's already a hundred bucks a month just for the for the internet, and then uh, I mean, if you don't even want to know, our stream costs are going up. By the way, that's that shit's not free. I've discovered. <laughs> yeah, no, we're gonna have. That's one reason we started yeah. our North End Stream Fund. Yeah. And they don't and they don't take. Uh, Credit. <laughs> <Take> <laughs> they, they, no, it's a right off the credit card. And then finally, uh, uh, Adam and John, despite your attempts, my name was still pronounced incorrectly during the donation section of No Agenda 173. My name is spelled G-I-E-L-E-N. That's the I before the E. My name is Chris Gielen. Gielen, not Gielen, <laughs> which, <laughs> of course, is not is like, is being uh, horny. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, Highland means being horny. Uh, it, yeah. In, How would you use that in a sentence? You would say, ze zat me op te geilen. Oh, man, you know, no American can say that. It's, 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 it sounds like you're trying to cough up something stuck in your lungs. <laughs> Noagendashow.com uh, or go directly to the donation page at Dvorak.org slash NA or channeldvorak.com slash NA. Um, I do agree. Uh, if you are thinking of donating, now is the time to do it because uh, the euro uh, is probably only going down from here. Uh, and you can get in cheaper now. And we really appreciate it. And if you're going for a larger amount, please, please consider going for a monthly donation. $5 a month uh, is, uh, is, I think, our lowest uh, option. But, you know, the lucky number 30 is in there. And uh, and it is uh, it is known to uh, to bring good karma upon you. Curious, you didn't get any lucky number thirties this last week that I recall. Really? By the way, I do have. We did get a couple of checks, uh, which were sent to the box, and I'm. I'll, I'll, I'll thank these people on Sunday because there was a really interesting note that came with it that I want to read. Okay. So, okay, uh, back to work. Yeah. Um, let me start off with this one because when I first started talking about this over a year ago, even you, John, scoffed at me when I, I talked d- about. I don't scoff. Oh, you do. You go, oh, brother. Oh, here we go again. As I told you that they were that they were going to shoot lasers from airplanes down uh, on objects, either on the ground or flying around. Actual lasers. Yeah, this is Dr. Evil stuff. We told you so on no agenda. <laughs> we got a couple of we told you so jingles. We told you so. I think if you have one as an opener, one as a closer. Okay, you do one all right. Yeah, yeah, I gr- never disagree with the fact that they were going to shoot lasers from an airplane at some point. You were at some point, and I said they were already testing it, and it was working. So let me just do this again. We told you so on no agenda. Huh. 
It's time to rub it in your face once again, as we told you so, that they were going to shoot you with lasers from the sky. A high-powered laser aboard a modified Boeing 747 jumbo jet shot down an in-flight ballistic missile for the first time. Yeah, not, not really, because we've seen, we know about the testing that was going on. Highlighting a new class of ray guns. Yes, the flying laser. There's picture. Have you seen this thing? The the AT, ALTB, the Airborne Laser I'm Test. The plane can fly after they fire this thing. But it has no recoil. No, I'm talking about the amount of energy it sucks, and it must put up a magnetic field. I, God knows what's going on in there. Well, it's a it's a forward directed. You know, it's a forward looking uh, laser. It's a it's very it's a I highly think a laser with a recoil would be great. <laughs> and they're even talking about it now. This is the stuff that. I remember you chuckling when I said directed energy weapons. Here it is. And this is in the official, this is Reuters. Directed energy weapons use highly focused rays to attack a target rather than chemical powered arms. Those in control can tweak the strength involved, unlike a bullet bullet or a bomb, allowing for less than lethal uses, i.e. stun versus set to kill. This is great stuff. So um, you heard it more than a year ago right here on No Agenda. Now it's official on the record and you won't see it on the news. We told you so. You know, I, I wonder what they did. The, the details are so sketchy on this story. They don't tell you what the missile was. This is, Air Force, this is the Air, Armed Forces News uh, Agency. It looks like put this out or that French operation. I'm not sure. No, it's official website of the U.S. Air Force. I'm looking at their uh, press release. Yeah, well, it looks like they'll be blasting us in the, you know, one, you have to be a riot one of these days, this thing will fly over and then blow up the, you know, the, the protesters. Yeah, no, it'll, it'll be, it'll just be targeted, lock on, just fry you. And I'm telling you, this is how they got Michael Jackson. They fried that guy from outer space, whether it was from the okay, International okay, Space Station. Right, and go. by the way, one more thing about Michael Jackson. Okay, maybe you don't agree with my theory as to how they killed him, but you can't deny that they now have a murder suspect. Yeah, uh, people out there who haven't listened to the show long enough should realize that Adam actually went on to CNBC or one of these networks to talk about Michael Jackson, who he knew, and and said, I don't know why they're not uh, looking into it as murder. This is like right after <laughs> and the, the thing, and they just cut they him hung up on. <laughs> no, they it hung was, up on it. Was, it was while they were announcing the big uh, the big ceremony, the big thing they were going to hold at the at the Nokia Arena, or whatever, and they yeah, needed some filler in the morning. In on that one, I don't think we were doing in the morning at the time. So I got a piece of. Uh, I think we were. Oh, well, you're right. We brought that in after the uh, after that uh, family. Yeah, no, guy. it was so, much later. Much later than that. So I got a couple and more clips here that I want to go over. But you want to do something a little light? Um. Well, we could do. And now back to real news. Well, you know how, how there's a joke that goes around about people who do the, uh, you know, where they, they have to do a post edit and they, they drop somebody's voice in or something like that to cover up a, some mistake. You rarely see it done in, uh, you know, in high end, you know, you know network productions uh, uh, like perhaps uh, you wouldn't expect to see it on the Letterman show. OK, hold on a second. So what we're talking about is something when went wrong or someone said a bad word or what no, give me an example said something different you know it's like it's like and here do here we have our guest uh hello mr adam curry oh because it said the wrong name right okay or, got it or got something it. yeah 
So this but happened on the Letterman show? Check it out. Okay, here we go. Wow. There they are. Survivor Heroes versus Villains premieres a Thursday, February 11th at 8 p.m. right here on CBS. Do you remember? <laughs> uh, but he does that on purpose. No. Yes, he does. You know, he, he messed it up, but instead of trying to make it sound, you know, exactly the same, he decided, well, you know, this is the old, if you can't cover it up, turn it up. That's funny. Maybe it's possible. Let me Play it again. Wow. There they are. Survivor Heroes versus Villains premieres a Thursday, February 11th at 8 p.m. right here on CBS. Do you remember? <laughs> well, it was, you might be right. it, it was important. You know, here's what happened. So he says it wrong, but it's a plug for a CBS performance. So the, the network guys are all freaking out. It's like, we had the whole point of having them on your damn show was to promote the performance on the 11th. And you said the 12th. And, exactly. so that, and then Letterman goes, all right, I'll fix it. Watch this, bitches. Wow. There they are. Survivor Heroes versus Villains premieres a Thursday, February 11th at 8 p.m. right here on CBS. Do you remember? <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. It's perfect. No, it's funny. That's what I would do. That's funny. So, but I cracked up when I heard it because it was just so out of the, it was just ridiculous. Yeah. You got a couple One more clips. Olden day, I'm sorry. In the olden days, when he was doing the show on NBC at the, the, the late, the later show, he uh, used to do these experiments uh, constantly. Where one one show, he the whole they would rotate the camera 360, just so he was like flat, and then he'd be slowly angling to the right, and then about halfway through the show, he'd be completely upside down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I and then he brought that. around. But the, my all-time favorite one was they took the show, made a transcript of it, and then overdubbed everybody's voice with a guy with a deep Mexican accent. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. So the Democrats seem to be uh, quite uh, self-destructing here, if you haven't noticed. I've been trying to stay away from it. I feel it's not good for my uh, heart. <laughs> so, uh, but it's funny. There's a there's a show that's trying to make uh, tr trying to get traction that is getting none. Uh, called the Ed Show. Uh, it's a it's a ranting Democrat. Ed, who, you know, I've actually I saw a bit of the Ed Show. They seem to have some reasonable reporting here and there that it's kind of funny. Yeah, but Ed is just a ranter, and he's trying to get attention. But he, but he's a, he's definitely like a, a Democrat ranter. And here is a little clip where he start. He just rants about what's wrong with the party, and then he's got a guy from the Nation, which is another apologist for the Democrat Party, explaining why everything has gone awry. And this is all based. This the background. And this is based on the fact that apparently L. Franken came out publicly and said that the Obama administration's uh, uh, the the people in the White House, the managers, uh, which would be Rahm Emanuel and the rest of them, are incompetent boobs. And, and <laughs> boobs. So these, boobs, you say. So these guys they went on a little tirade here. And, which is and what uh, what network does this air on CNN? I think no, I think the Ed Show. I thought it was MSNBC. No, it's an it's an NBC. Uh, uh, 
subsidiary. Okay, The Ed Show. Democrats have to realize is that now is the time. We are at a critical time right now to get something done and to put something off on the back burner is only hurting themselves even further. Harry Reid is going to lose. No matter how you cut it, he's going to lose. It is going to take a miraculous comeback for him to win in Nevada. So- you know, there's, this is a meme that's going on. I hear a lot of this Harry Reid is losing out. And I hear the Democrats say it a lot, actually. Yeah. No. So why doesn't he just say, let's go get it done? To hell with the Republicans. They've obstructed it. The people get that. They and understand that. What are the Democrats waiting for? Well, they're, they're, they are waiting for what you said they need to grow. But let's be blunt about this. The Democratic Party has bad political leadership. Right now, the signal that they are getting is that they should be a managerial party. That they should come in and manage the mess that the Republicans left. The fact is nobody in America, not liberals and not Tea Party conservatives, want that mess to be managed. They want it to be cleaned up. They may have different ideas about how to do it, but they want somebody stepping in to act. And as long as this White House and too many people in this Congress decide to manage the mess rather than to address it, they are they're playing with fire. Al Franken was right. Yeah, he this was. political team in the White House is blowing it, yeah. blowing it badly. And Debbie Wasserman Schultz, Congresswoman from Florida, has said that they could lose up to 25 seats in the House. You think that's an accurate number? Yeah, I've charted it, Ed. So, uh, meanwhile, of course, uh, MSNBC hosting, according to this news story, Ed, Ed, which is Ed, Ed Schultz is his name, is tearing in the Robert Gibbs and the rest of the Obama team, telling the White House press, press secretary that it's full of shit. Well, you know what? They actually are. And I have a uh, the most recent briefing the uh from Robert Gibbs where he gives up the podium to Christy Romer you know who Christy Romer is no no Krusty Romer she is the <laughs> I got to call her Krusty now Krusty Romer she is she heads up the president's uh, economic team and she has, she's never had a real job in her life she's a uh, she's an academic and she uh, she presented the, uh, the the economic report and when you hear this woman talk you want to slap her she's like she's like a kindergarten teacher she's the most irritating it's like well hello class let me just yeah listen to this listen for a second i got to get a shot clock up here you gibbs you dick oh, i hate that guy Dick. So he's going to introduce Christy Romer. Google her for a second, John. Just she looks like a kindergarten teacher. How do you spell it? Uh, it's just Christina Romer. R O R R O M E R, I believe. Let me see. Yeah, R O M E R. Christina Romer. She is the the uh, chair. Uh, chairwoman. Oh, yeah. All right, right, right. No, I've seen this woman before. You have to. So she's speaking. Somebody's forcing her to eat too many potatoes. I can tell you that right now. But you know, it's like. But she. Oh, she, and she's just disgusting. Though look, she looks condescending. Yeah, she. She is the. She looks sanctimonious. And this is this is something that is happening all over the place we get these women who just look they look condescending they speak condescendingly and what does she have to back it up she's an academic she's never been in any type of big business little business or any business as far as i can tell but she's oh she's so proud to be the chairperson of the of the uh, the the president's council of economic advisors isn't uh, john Dore on that i mean these are some people who have been in serious business and she's the leader of them. It's just, it's weird. 
Let me uh, let me just fast forward and we'll get to her. Three things. It talks about the challenges, the economic challenges that we face as a country. It talks about what policies were put into place in the previous year and how they worked. And it lays out the president's economic agenda uh, going forward. I, I think, you know, I like to think that this year's economic report is particularly important, uh, not not because of me, but because of the times uh, that we are facing. She sounds like the principal from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Listen to her. I think uh, if you think about the economic challenges that we face, there's probably uh, not for a very long time been as great uh, a set of economic challenges. And, of course, these span all the way from, you know, of course, the immediate crisis, right? When we came in, if you remember back to a year ago, we were losing close to 800,000 jobs a month. Real GDP was plummeting. Our financial system was uh, certainly very stressed, and there were real questions about uh, what would be happening. Right? But we also know that there was a reason that the president had run for president on a lot of economic issues even before the economic crisis. You see, Things like- children before the economic crisis, and the president inherited all of this. So we know from all the studies that we've done. Bueller. Like uh, stagnating incomes for middle class families, soaring health care costs, the fact that as an economy. She says it so cavalierly. You know, she's never really. It looks like she went to. She went to uh, right out of high school. She went to uh, College of William and Mary, and then got a PhD from MIT uh, in probably in economics, obviously, which is like interesting. And uh, then upon completion of her doctorate, this is according to Wikipedia, so it's probably sketchy. Upon completion of her doctorate, she started working as an assistant professor right away at Princeton. In 1988, she moved to UC Berkeley, and she was promoted to full professorship. And she's never done anything but this. Yet she's in charge of uh, the, uh, of advising the president on what to do. I mean, how does that sure. make sense? Well, that's, she probably talks a good game. You know, they were always, you always have to remember there are some people that are, you know, when you get them in a certain kind of a situation in a meeting, they can talk you into, into hiring them because they're, they're actually natural salespeople, and she must be one of them. I mean, it's it's... It's a skill set that you don't have to, you know, it, it exists in all all areas of uh, of life. I mean, there's you sell yourself to become a professor, you sell yourself to get a job as a writer, you sell or you go out and sell cars. She must be really good at this, and she's managed to talk her way to this into this position. Well, I don't think it's because she was blowing somebody. That's for sure. Well, you never I, know, though. Well, yeah, well, you never I'm know. guessing you're right, though. <sighs> So anyway, yeah, well, Gibbs, 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 the man who writes on his hand. (sighs) All right. So what else we got here? I got a couple more I want to do. Okay. Because now I got to get the other screen back up. I could tell you I do a little intermezzo. Uh, okay, so we have. I also want to get to a meme. I am. I am sensing, and one of the reasons I got involved with the Pentagon Channel dot mill is because of this meme that I keep. Uh, I'm starting to hear more and more of. And and what's really weird about this next clip? This is the Wolf Blitzer clip. This has got uh, Jane Harmon. Uh, arguing with a Republican, and she's not getting a word in edgewise. Blitzer is essentially taking the Republican tact. This has to do with the never-ending story about the Mutala crotch bomber and the fact that the FBI arrested him and then within 55 minutes read him his Miranda rights, and everybody's all upset about it because we should be waterboarding the kid. And uh, so this has become a... uh, 
I think this is a big setup uh, for further militarization of the public uh, in the United States. No, you don't say. <laughs> because they want they want the military <coughs> to start, you know, taking being involved in arrests, not reading people Miranda rights, which right. you know was. Right. And oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, of course, yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. So we make a big deal about how we blew it this time. And and by the way, so what Blitzer does here is he he points to a public opinion poll that was probably questionable to begin with, saying that seventy six percent of the people disagree with the idea of of arresting the crotch bomber and then as you know by the police and then sending him to a civilian court. That he should have been tortured minimally. We've already gone over the meme about how great waterboarding is. So, but this one here. This is the most egregious uh, kind of railroad job I've ever heard Blitzer do because he obviously got the word to just tell Harmon to screw herself and then just go on with the uh, Republican who had who was on the side of why didn't they you know they shouldn't have done that it is old news by the way but they're still but he watch the way he handles this the conversation between the two people and then he cuts them off. Claiming that the satellite was going down when you could visibly oh, see there was yeah. nothing going on. There was oh, no yeah. satellite oh, going yeah, down. Oh, no, yeah, that, no. That's my favorite. Like, oh, psh, oh psh, sorry. Psh, we lost you. Oh, we'll have to try to get back to them later. It's a long clip, but did hear it out. Oh, you're talking to me? Yes, on that phone call, when John Brennan called you and told you he was in FBI custody, Abdul Farouk, Abdul Matalib, did you, did you ask whether he had been read his Miranda rights? No, I did not. Uh, was that a mistake? Uh, now, in hindsight, now that John Brennan is saying that, you know, that we had that discussion, uh, there are lots of questions that I had that night that were not answered. It was a very quick, cursory overview. And then, as John Brennan right. said himself on Sunday, we will stay in touch yeah. with you, Congressman, well, as we move forward. Right. Uh, most Americans, according to this Quinnipiac University poll, Congresswoman Harmon, agree with Congressman Hookstra uh, on this issue. Uh, the Christmas Day bombing suspect should be tried as an enemy combatant. Seventy-six percent say he should be. Only 19% say he should be tried as an ordinary criminal, which is what the Obama administration wants to do. Who's right? Well, I think this this argument is uh, is really foolish, Wolf, and let me explain why. Uh, we missed an opportunity right after 9-11 to put a very clear set of rules around interrogations and, de- and detentions of all of these uh, folks arrested after after that date. Uh, we missed it, and we've been in a, in a, in a hodgepodge system ever since. Uh, this man was arrested on U.S. soil, and every single case of, uh, of someone arrested on U.S. soil means that he goes into uh, the criminal justice system. Uh, there was not just an FBI, so you, uh, but you, an you, FBI, CIA, and you're yeah, in the minority. You're in the, minor- you're in the minority. You're in the nineteen percent. No, but let me let me respond to some of the things. Right, that hold, Peter on, said hold on, hold on. I just want to let, let, let let's let Pete Hookstra respond to that. Uh, you're in the majority, seventy six percent. But but I take it that that he was treated Abdul Muttalib exactly the way Richard Reed, the shoe bomber, was treated. Yeah. Uh, he was read his right. Miranda rights within minutes. He was treated in a cr- criminal court. Uh, let me let Congressman Hookstra respond to that. Were you complaining at the time of the Bush administration's handling of these domestic uh, domestically arrested terrorists? 
I think that uh, that's exactly, you identify exactly the problem, Wolf. Richard Reed was treated that way. There were no alternatives. Since that time, Congress has passed legislation that would allow the Christmas Day bomber that there would be a decision that could be made that would put him into military custody. That way we could have had more thorough investigations. He would not have had the, you know, the right to stay silent. He would not have had the right to an attorney while he was being investigated. That is not we correct. could have gotten more valuable information that perhaps would have been actionable and we could have done things in Yemen and uh, going after al-Qaeda on the Arabian Peninsula. We missed opportunities. All right, to be continued. Unfortunately, we're losing your satellite connection right now, but I promise both of you will be back to continue this conversation. Now, in all fairness, I will say, I think what he meant was he might be losing the satellite window, but even that seems like a pretty thin excuse. Well, she was trying to get a word in. I hear mumbling in the background. He just basically wasn't going to listen to her. So something's up because CNN and Wolf Blitzer are not. Yeah. Yeah, so no, somebody's sending a message. There's a two messages that are going out besides this one, let's, which is militarization of the of the general public or in the, or the public space. In other words, here, you know, in other words, somebody could just determine you're a military or a, a, an enemy combatant because you said something bad, by the way, and that there are, uh, you know, proposals to keep people from talking. Oh, yeah, no, if, if, laws, if, even though we are not even at war. No, if you're a Ron Paul supporter <laughs> or if you carry the Constitution around on your iPod as an app. Or if uh, you listen to No Agenda, you could be deemed a military combatant and then you can be uh, waterboarded and thrown before a military tribunal. That's the whole point. Now, the other thing is they're after somebody's after John Brennan. And I haven't gotten to the bottom of this yet, but he is the, uh, if you listen to that clip again, right off the bat, John Brennan, John Brennan, John Brennan. And and I've seen a lot of, they're slamming this guy. He's ex-CIA, I believe. Well, wait a minute, didn't, the, didn't John Brennan, wasn't he running the Iraq, uh, the whole Iraq show for the, the first couple of years? Maybe. Wasn't he the, because I've, I've always no, that's wondered. That's Brenner, that's Brenner. Oh, that's Brenner, okay. All right. Yeah, that's a different right. guy. Uh, no, this is a guy who was ex-CIA, or he was going to be the ex-CIA. He was assumed early on, let me read the, the, the entry here in his bio. It's assumed early on that some that Brennan would be appointed the next director of the CIA by Obama. Brennan withdrew his name from consideration over concerns that his nomination would be a distraction due to his previous association with controversial harsh CIA interrogation. Thing. So he's a waterboarding guy. Okay, got it. Now... I don't know what the deal is with it, why they're out to get this guy, or if this is part of the CIA-Obama feud, or what. But he was the CEO, I think, before he got involved with the Obama campaign, uh, of the something called the Analysis Corporation. Oh, that sounds and pretty... Uh... That sounds Groovy. like you know some Blackwater kind of thing. Uh, and, it, and if you look at their logo... It says where technology and intelligence converge. Private company out of McLean, Virginia, of course. Yeah. And uh, they have a website. Well, it's, it's, a th- it's a think tank, isn't it? Well, it's a, it's called, and it's also got the the, the uh, logo says tech. Uh, Yeah, it's probably a think tank or some sort of a money laundering. uh, You know, I wouldn't say that necessarily. I'm not accusing them of that. I'm just saying. It may be a conduit for uh, moving money around. And by the way, I just clicked on their website. It's not coming up at all. So who knows? Maybe they closed when he quit. I don't know. So uh, more investigation needed, I guess. Yeah, no, we have to figure out what the deal is because they're out to get this guy. A, A number of people are out to get this guy. 
And I don't know who's, if even though Obama wants to keep him or maybe he's got something to do. I have no idea. But this Wolf Blitzer turnaround, picking the side of, you know, military justice over civilian justice in the USA on our soil, I thought was peculiar. He wouldn't let uh, Harmon get in a word uh, edgewise and she's the Democrat. The whole thing doesn't make any sense unless it's a setup. Gee, on CNN? Well, you think that would happen? Huh. <laughs> you mentioned uh, Blackwater, just to make sure we don't overlook all the fun facts. Two former employees of Blackwater worldwide. We know that there's uh, two whistleblowers, and of course this is uh, really underreported news. Uh, they now are accusing the private security contractor of defrauding the government for years through phony billing, including charging taxpayers for alcohol-filled parties, spa trips, and a prostitute. As uh, they One had... prostitute? Well, <laughs> and she was really good. All right. <laughs> and Well, they passed her around, but she was actually on the payroll. Hookers and blow paid for you paid for by oh, she was your on US the payroll. She was on the payroll, yeah. Oh, that's pretty nice. That's sweet. <laughs> yeah, it's like hey, uh call me. I Ms. thought Jones these guys were here. like a bunch of Christian uh, characters that were uh, evangelicals. I mean, the guy who heads Blackwater is a very religious person. I I find it hard to believe this story may be bogus because I I find it hard to believe that so, such a religious group. No, no, no. Well, the, no, no. These are court papers because these whistleblowers, you know, this is a real case that is taking place. Hmm. So court paper, and I don't have the actual court papers here. I'm sure we can get a hold of them. Mellon Davis said in court papers that while working in Blackwater's finance department, she questioned how the company could bill the government for its workers' travel expenses to and from Iraq when it lacked the documentation for those trips. She said later... Uh, she said she later traveled to a hotel in Amman, Jordan, where Blackwater personnel often stopped en route to Iraq. While there, uh, she said corporate officers directed her and two co two co-workers two co-workers to generate reams of false invoices for plane travel at inflated rates, so her bosses could overcharge the government. So this is, you know, she, here we go. Uh, overpayments allowed the vendor to provide a barbecue pit for Blackwater staff parties, which is nice, by the way, and. The Davises, this is a husband and wife. Uh, These guys team. aren't making enough profit that they can buy the damn barbecue pit without phoning up the records. This is sketchy. The Davises assert that Blackwater officials kept a Filipino prostitute on the company payroll for a State Department contract in Afghanistan and billed the government for her time working for male Blackwater employees in Kabul. The prostitute's salary was categorized as part of the company's Morale, welfare, recreation expenses—that's <laughs> what we need to call it, John. The No yeah, Agenda, like it. yeah, the No Agenda Morale, Welfare, Recreation Expense Fund. Please send us your money. My God. I don't know. This sounded like a straw man, red herring kind of a thing here. This something doesn't make doesn't add up. These guys are making money hand over fist, and they're phoning up records so they can buy a barbecue pit. Come on. Well, you know, once this type of corruption really gets into an organization, then, I mean, this is low-level stuff, right? This is not at the top. So that's just cultural. You know, when everyone's, like, hey, everyone's doing it, hey, let's just get a barbecue pit. Hey, let's get some hookers in here. That's how it goes. Well, I mean, there's, there's some truth it's to that. Low thinking, level. But it's low-level. It's low-level. It's low-level and unimportant because even if it's a conviction, like, I have to clean up your books, fire the people who are doing that shit. But it comes from the top. Yeah, no, everything comes from the top. Okay. So I, I, I see uh, Steck just sent me an email about, uh, we were talking about the uh, uh, 
the Mutalib guy. And apparently uh, Joe Biden on Meet the Press just now uh, made a, a gaffe. He keeps, uh, yeah. And this, let me just read about it. I'll read it from this uh, this report. You've, you've got to love Joe Biden. Watch Meet the Press, uh, blah, blah, blah. When asked about Mirandizing terrorists, Joe defended the decision. He went on to say that we look good in the world's eyes if we are fair and treat terrorists fairly. Then he went on to say that we're going to find him guilty anyway, and he will be executed. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Mr. O'Biden coming to get you, Snow White. <laughs> we're gonna, we're, don't, it doesn't matter, dude. We're gonna kill you. It's just, you're getting two to the head. This is how, I'm sorry. This is how it works. You know, we know he set you up. Yeah. And you did the right thing, but you know, they didn't, you didn't read the fine print of your CIA contract. You get two to the head, my brother. So, uh, I got one last clip. Which would help end things. And this is from Thom Hartman Show. And the only reason I'm playing this is because I don't know whether any of this is true or not, but it's disgusting if so. And you have to, you have to, uh, I'm going to look into it, but I was kind of like, whoa, I never didn't realize this. You remember when we did the tar and all the rest of it, all these bailouts and whatever, and they were going to put in the, in, within the law that was going to be passed, there was going to be provision that people had to buy American. Yes. And it had to be American cars. It had to be American cars. Cars yeah. had to be American made, American this, American that, and, and everybody got all bent out, out of yeah. shape about it, including the Canadians who said, "Well, anyway, that doesn't make any sense." And and the uh, and so there's a big brouhaha over this whole issue, and they took that proviso out. But but Hartman brings up an interesting point, which I thought was uh, worth at uh, least considering when we discuss this in the future. Okay. People Washington nuts. Yeah, well, the answer is they're not nuts. They're they're bought off. Uh, the, the the fact of the matter is that when China passed an eight hundred and twenty some odd billion dollar stimulus package a year ago, uh, passed. I mean, they they mandated it. The Chinese stimulus, one hundred percent of that money had to be spent on Chinese goods made by Chinese workers inside China. When the Japanese passed their stimulus bill and their cash for clunker program, they had one that was almost identical to ours. Both required that all products be made by Japanese in Japan, period. When we passed ours, there was a Buy American provision put in there by Russ Feingold from Wisconsin, as I recall, and it was taken out. It was taken out because, the, first of all, the Republicans insisted, demanded that it be taken out, but even then, when you know the Republicans were, you know, it was they were able to get a pass, you know, passed a filibuster, they could get 60 Democratic votes. The only way they could get 60 Democratic votes was because you had conservatives like Max Baucus saying oh no you can't have buy america only in there that would be that would be wrong that would that would be inconsistent with free trade huh i just thought that was kind of interesting well so uh i'm not sure what to make of it but uh eh, something to think about i can't end the show with that john (laughs) besides besides the fact that we have way too much to talk about for instance the Department of Justice, on its official website, has uh, job listings, and of course, uh, you know, I look there from time to time, you know, to supplement my income. Its civil rights division is seeking ten experienced trial attorneys for its voting section in Washington D.C., and of course, as federally mandated, encourages qualified applicants with targeted disabilities to apply. And if you then look at the targeted disabilities, 
It includes mental retardation and mental illness, as uh, <laughs> those who may, may be, apply as uh, trial attorneys for its voting section. What? <laughs> okay. Wait, wait, wait. You weren't listening to me, were you? you were just, I'm looking you were... at federalspending.org, but then you're going on about apparently mentally deficient attorneys for some yes. trials. Or Okay, so there's a job listing. On the Department of Justice's official website, the Civil Rights Division seeking 10 experienced trial attorneys for its voting section in D.C. and says qualified applicants with targeted disabilities should apply. And then if you look at you click on the link for targeted disabilities, it says blindness, deafness, mental retardation and retardation and mental illness. What? Yes. So, well, of course, that means that there's no, for one thing, it says they have to be qualified, you know, trial attorney. And, of course, nobody that has those uh, disabilities is one. No. So the whole thing's a scam. So they could say, well, we asked for it and nobody's exactly. up here. They didn't, you know, they didn't want the job. Americans, none of the jobs Americans don't want. But at the same time, what kind of, what, what if they got one of these guys? They have, have to take him. Criminally insane. Just thought it was kind of interesting. I thought it was kind of yeah. That is weird. Um, let's see. There's a, I'm sure you've blogged about this, but there's still uh, some chatter uh, in the in the wake of Davo, where uh, the chief research and strategy offer for, officer for Microsoft said, uh, you know, we really should have uh, bloggers should be licensed, should have like a driver's license. <laughs> a douchebag. Whoa, there he is. There he is. What's his name again? Craig Mundy, Chief Research Strategy Officer for Microsoft. Douchebag. There you go. Finally. Yeah, have a freaking driver's license for blogging. Oh, I didn't goodness. hear this story, by the way. Really? Control no. freaks want web license to end bloggers' anonymity. That's it. Well, I'll put it. It's all in the show notes at noagendashow.com. And uh, I'll just say it myself. I'll pat myself on the back. These show notes are pretty good. There's, uh, there's definitely. Hey, I'm supposed to say that. <laughs> no, That's I, the I'm, deal we made. You I'm give sorry. me like 15 bucks a week to say it. <laughs> you just want to hold out on me. Now I'm not going to get the 15 That's bucks. Right. I, I, That's right. I'm welching on it, dude. I'm not giving you anything. Airport body scanners apparently violate Islamic law. It makes uh, sense. It makes nothing but sense. Yeah, it violates my law too. It's wrong. So I think it'd be funny if they said, "Okay, well, you're you're a Muslim." Yeah. No, okay, get in there. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> you're a Muslim. Go ahead. Go on through. Go on front of the line. Yeah, exactly. I'm cool with that. Waiting in line violates the. Uh... <laughs> uh, so there's apparently a fatwa that forbids Muslims from going through the scanners at airports. And I had the choice at uh, SFO on the way uh, down to uh, Los Angeles. And I, I went into the longer line, and I just looked at all those people. And I looked at them and said, you poor sheep. You poor sheep just waiting. And some of them actually think it's cool. You can tell people are like kind of excited because well, something new. Well, if you're an exhibitionist, you would. No, they don't know better. What if you got a really long schlong? Wouldn't you like to go in that thing just to make everybody go, "Hey, buddy, good luck with your life." Well, you know, Mickey, check uh, it out. Mickey uh, refused to go through because, of course, she's a staunch listener and supporter of No Agenda and makes the pancakes every Sunday morning. And uh, so they they forced her through the. Uh, uh, the naked scanner, and she said, "You know, I really would like. Uh, I would prefer a pat down. I don't want to be scanned." And the and so here's what happened. They say, "Okay," 
and then they put they cordon you off in a like a three by three. They literally pull that tape around you. You know the one that that is on the on the spring roll that you pull out and hook up to the other pole. So they put her in this box. She waits for like ten minutes for a female assist to come over. Then she has to go behind the glass, which I've never understood. You get patted down behind the glass so everyone can see you anyway. She gets patted down. Uh, and so, but she felt kind of like, you know, stupid just standing there in this little three by three cordoned off box. And then they say, uh, so why didn't you want, what? That's to make her feel stupid so she won't do it again. Exactly. And then they said, so why didn't you want to go through? And she says, well, you know, I'm 39. Um, I, I'm still of childbearing age. I have no idea what your scanner is going to do and I don't trust it. There's not enough information about it. And they said, yeah, you could be right. <laughs> acceptable acceptable answer please carry on enjoy your shopping experience it's so crazy. i think the uh there's evidence there's some evidence that those millimeter waves cause cause cataracts well they can cause all kinds of i mean you should not have any form of i mean you shouldn't stick your head in the microwave either but it, it's just radiation you know it, who knows well it's not it's not it's not, not uh, it's not gamma rays no, it's not. It's not that kind of radiation. It's it's a uh, it's like radio waves. Only it's up the yeah. Radio, look for years. They're telling you you're going to get brain cancer from your cell phone. Yet, please step into this box. Well, the other thing is, I mean, for years when I was a kid, <sighs> they used to have these fluorescent de- devices in the shoe sh- store, and you'd put your feet in there, and you could see how the shoes fit because it was X-rays. Oh yeah, I remember those at, at Kinney's shoes. They had them everywhere, and then it was, you know, then somebody came up and well, holy crap, this isn't good for you, and so uh, they stopped doing it. But you know, who knows about these things? They're not tested. I'm sure these, you know, take the pat down and bitch about it. Get, just make the other line longer. Yeah. I mean, if the and if the Muslims don't go through it, you know, what what's the point? We're led to believe that all the terrorists are Muslims, and it seems as though most, at least all the ones that are trying to blow up planes, seem to be. So. And they're not going to go through this thing, and, we're, and they're supposed to be protecting us against the crotch bomber. Then what? What is? What, what good is it to have it? it at all? It's just a waste of the taxpayers' money. Duh. And of course, uh, it's uh, Michael Chertoff who owns the company, former uh, Secretary of Homeland Security. He owns that company, or he's one of the one of the owners and board members. It's his company, and a total total scam. And they're buying a thousand of them. It's in the budget. It's already in there. We read it, so you don't have to. Other so people, they, they have its SFO. How many? Uh, only one at SFO at the international departure, um, which is where Virgin America flies from. Um, well, you know, you can still get in there by going through the United uh, thing and then walking your way over to the international thing because you're inside the. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Well, I'm just going to ask. I mean, they have signs right there. If you want, a, if you want a private pat down, you can ask for it. So when it when it gets to the point where you where you have no choice between the uh, uh, the metal detector or the or the the naked scanner. I'm just going to ask for a pat down. I'm not I'm not going to go through it. I'm not going to. No way. And you're right. If I had a huge schlong, I would consider it. Yeah. There you go. Uh, other people up for the two to the head of the week award. Sergey Alenikov is now uh, on trial. This is the uh, the spy who was uh, immediately picked up by the FBI, who apparently worked for Goldman Sachs. He uh, took the code for the uh, high-volume flash trading uh, uh, system. 
And uh, so uh, it's going to be very interesting to see what he says while on the stand. I don't think it will be behoove people to hear him actually say what's going on with this. Because, of course, this is how uh, the markets are manipulated and how Goldman Sachs is becoming wealthy beyond their wildest dreams. Completely manipulating the market and admitting to it. So he's on trial. So we pray for him because, of course, he is part of the No Agenda militia by uh, extension, being a programmer. And then we have this other guy, uh, Baltasar Garçon. And uh, this is interesting. This is a very well-known uh, magistrate in Spain. And he is investigating the fate of 114,000 people who disappeared without a trace after the Spanish Civil War of the 1930s. And the government is up in arms about, about this. The public prosecutor's office says Mr. Garzon has no right to conduct the investigation because of an amnesty law introduced in 1977. But of course, uh, do you know anything about these disappearing people, John? I think in a sense that Nazi concentration camps were just gunned down and thrown in a, in a pit. They were the uh, people fighting the uh, the fascists. So now, so this guy will turn out to be a pedophile, right? That's that's what will happen with him. Either that, well, or, or he uh, winds up killing himself, or both. Yeah, it'll be something like that, or that, or uh, I mean, of course, they say that there's an amnesty thing, which is to protect the people that were involved, but it, it was only to protect them from prosecution. It's not to protect him for it's not a gag order so you can so they're just irked about the fact because he's gonna he's gonna name names if he can and there's gonna be a lot of you know probably important people that everyone had a high risk guard for and then they right. find out they're part of a death squad and uh, interestingly enough um right the day after we once again exposed the william jefferson clinton foundation as sketchy at best scam at the worst with high executive salary, no uh, disclosure or in, uh, insufficient disclosure, according to Better Business Bureau, then the guy has to go in for a, a, another heart uh, surgery. <laughs> he's like, he's like, hey man, Bill, oh, John and Adam are at it again. Oh, my chest. Oh, <laughs> yeah, right. Like, but he, but he, uh, <laughs> it would be so funny if Bill Clinton actually listened to this podcast. But he was he was out the next day. Yeah, I know. Isn't that weird? Yeah, and he was like, he went out to talk to reporters, and he seemed fine. But I guess what they did is they it's not they they put a stent in his leg. I thought it was his chest that was bothering him. I think they put a bomb in him. <laughs> Exploding boobies. He do, he, probably, he probably does have moobs. Um, but anyway, he uh, he hopped out uh, to say hi to reporters the next day. So I guess uh, he's uh, he's doing okay. Um, something interesting out of uh, Iceland, who of course are being squeezed to no end by the uh, by the the British and the Dutch for these loans that, uh, that the Icelanders the, refused to pay. Well, uh, it was the commercial banks that messed up, and now and Britain and the Netherlands paid off uh, the uh, was it Ice Save Bank's debts. And now they're saying to the government, hey, you know, you guys, you, you got to pay up. And they're like, well, hold on. That was a commercial bank. No, but the whole country is liable for it. Uh, but now uh, Iceland is uh, has the Icelandic Modern Media Initiative. And they want to make it like a free haven for uh, bloggers and podcasters. And uh, they want to kind of make it the, the WikiLeaks of, uh, of the world. 
I like that idea. Yeah, you want to hear a little bit of a, a clip? Yeah. Let's see. I've got something here from the BBC. Iceland's proposals are very interesting proposals. Uh, it's uh, very interesting. It's very important that a country thinks hard about the law that protects its uh, freedom of expression. Um, I guess my, my, I have a couple of comments uh, about the, uh, the proposed law. Though. First of all, uh, I think they are likely to be of more symbolic value than they are practical, uh, practical value. Very difficult to enforce outside um, of, uh, of Iceland. And secondly, it seems to me to be interesting symbolically that they wish to ally themselves with the United States, the, f the freedom of speech fundamentalists, rather than with many other countries yeah, uh, like the uh, in Europe Union. who would take a very different line uh, on the appropriate balance between freedom of expression uh, and the protection of reputation. Well, there you go, John. We can always live in Iceland. We'll be okay there. We might be chilly, but we'll be okay. It's just not that cold. I mean, it gets cold, but it's a nice place. And it's actually kind of, you know, they have, they heat the place with all the geysers that they essentially uh, run through. They, I mean, they, they, they get free energy from geothermal, and then they take the, the waters from the geysers and they run them into town. And so your hot water and your heating, so that's free. It's actually kind of interesting. Microsoft. I'm sorry. I'm just moving along. I was going to do one more little anecdote. I've talked about this before, but I'm going to repeat myself. The one funny thing about it is that they pump that hot. <laughs> You're repeating yourself. I know. The funny thing is they pump that hot water into the uh, into the shower. So when you take a shower, you stink to high heaven afterwards. Well, that kind of removes the whole point of a shower, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Those Icelandic people. Uh, Microsoft, uh, as of yesterday, in Gitmo Nation uh, East, Great Britain, uh, we found the extension pack for Microsoft Flight Simulator, the UAV Predator Module. There you go. Reconnaissance, surveillance, and target acquisition. Yes, kids, you too can learn now how to fly a Predator drone. There's a future for you in the Army. This reminds me of the movie The Last Starfighter, an under an, an under uh, credited classic cult film, where apparently uh, these I, I was uh, aliens from outer space that planted a couple of video game machines, and when any kid who could beat the game would then become the next general of the army because he could fly, you know, these missions. <laughs> yeah, cool. <laughs> and uh, I, I'm thinking that they, this is just basically training. Yeah, well, that's you know, exactly what it is. It's preconditioning. Yeah. It's getting you ready. Oh, absolutely. I think there's going to be thousands and thousands of these predators eventually. They're going to be flying over everywhere. And I am still still thought it would be funny if at the Super Bowl they flew about you know, 30 predators over. <laughs> in formation, <jets>. yeah. <laughs> well, they're going to be uh, used in the, uh, over the 2012 Olympics in, uh, in uh, East London. So we already know that, and they'll, uh, you, hey, you know, it's only a small step to putting one of those lasers on it. It shouldn't be that hard. Just, and it shouldn't, you know, not a powerful one, just one to stun you. Hey, 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 slave, hey, hey, hey. What? You're not going to obey? We need to get a sound effect for the laser going off. I do have a sound effect for the earthquake machine, which leads me right into our next uh, Do you topic. smell what Barack is cooking? Oops. <laughs> <What is> <laughs> Do you smell what Barack is cooking? As we turn the earthquake machine vector towards the Canary Islands. 
There we go. <laughs> It's a desert roller coaster. Yeah, I know. I didn't make it. Okay, so uh, some interesting information about the Canary Islands. As you know, I uh, rescinded my original prediction of the next earthquake machine target being Iran and have changed that to the Canary Islands. And boy, people have really been doing some research, the producers out there. First of all, uh, this article, and it's all on the show notes at noagendashow.com under the Haiti and earthquakes section, which will be expanded to the Haiti and Canary Islands earthquakes section. Um, the eruption of a volcano in the Canary Islands could trigger a mega tsunami that would devastate Atlantic coastlines with waves as high as 330 feet, scientists said on Wednesday. Um, so it would actually be pretty damn bad. There was actually a small earthquake two weeks ago, 3.8 on the Richter scale, so not really worth mentioning. They do have an, uh, an active uh, volcano. And then... Um, uh, here it is, Canary Islands information. Okay. Did you know, John, Canary Islands is a major sub-transatlantic underwater telecommunications data hub. Huh. It is an excellent, in excellent position in relation to the America's continent, Africa and Europe. Even Columbus thought so when he sailed from La Gomera towards America. Yeah, we knew that. It's strategically located. The United States already used the Canary Islands as a hub for its deployment to conflict areas. It's a hotspot for CIA rendition flights. Um, and uh, the reports, and we, we spoke about this uh, by Repsol, YPF 2008, Canary Islands has a major 1,000 million barrel deposit of oil that they know of. So it's a really very interesting... Uh, interesting place and would make a lot of sense to take over and yeah would, we and need it, to take it over and it wouldn't take much you know just to say hey you know uh we're coming to help you yeah <laughs> oh and by the way sourced from the chat room <sighs> as if the everybody hurts song wasn't bad enough now i didn't even know this was happening this this is this is this is an, a complete outrage they have remade We Are the World for Haiti. You sure, or is that a hoax? No. <laughs> it's not a hoax. I have the video here. I'm going to bring it up. It's introduced by, uh, let's see, I think Jamie Foxx does the introduction. Years ago, we recorded We oh, Are here. the World to Help Africa. This is Lionel Richie. Now it's time to help Haiti. So please download to donate. At world25.org. That's what we need, John. We need uh, Lionel Richie and Quincy Jones. Hey, made possible by Visa. Thanks, guys. We need uh, Lionel Richie and Quincy Jones to to get people to donate for us. 25 years ago, Quincy Jones gathered an amazing group of artists and musicians to create We Are The World. This, you know, so how did that that money go? Yeah, exactly. How did that work out, that original We Are The World USA for Africa? How did that work out? By the way, it was that was 1980. I want to say it was 1982, 83, so it was more than 25 years ago, wasn't it? I don't know. I don't have the so, data in front of me. Uh, okay. I'll so, tell you this. I was watching the uh, this final football. Uh, uh, I got to play some of this for you, John. Oh, it's... We, yeah, we got to listen to some of the song. I thought it was just the same song. They had to change the lyrics? Yeah, of course. Well, uh, I don't know if they changed the lyrics, but it's different people singing it. It's a new arrangement. And now the money goes to Haiti, which, by the way, it's only for three years that the license is uh, 
uh, is valid. Michael Jackson and Lionel Richie and Quincy Jones, after three years, they got all the money from the sale of this song. It no longer went to Africa. That's proof. I have that. Okay, we see a kid waving on the... Oh, he's waving. He's so happy. Help me now. There comes a time. I don't even know who this is. When we hit a certain call. When the world Little Wayne. Must come together what? As one. There are people dying. Who's in this thing, John? Can you Google that? Yeah, Pink, Lil Wayne, Kanye West, Nick Jonas, LL Cool J, Robin Thicke, Celine Dion, Akron, Rob Who's the guy Tom from Dick Nation? No, the guy. Jeff Bridges, Vince Vaughn, Barbara Streisand, Jordan Sparks, on and on and on. Tony Bennett, Josh Gordon, Snoop Dogg. It's a, it's a laundry list. We are all part of. Oh, auto tune. In the chat room. Hey, that's a list of people who should be waterboarded. <laughs> uh, oh, no. Oh, they mixed in Michael Jackson. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. They just mixed in Michael Jackson singing from the original. Uh, we're saving our own lot. I hate you, 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 I hate you. This is so wrong. We just need cash. I know a lot of people want to send blankets or water. Just send your cash. Shysters show up and take advantage of people's goodwill and generosity. Uh, you're so I'm watching the, the last people. Inside the NFL, which summarized the football game from last Sunday, the Super Bowl, and they talked about you know what it did for the city of New Orleans and what it, and and what not, yeah. and they ended up going and talking to people from the Lower Ninth Ward, and they have the photos. Nothing's changed. No. The place is a disaster. It's still a mess. People are there wondering what what. Why is everybody sending their money to Haiti? We're still out homeless here, and nothing's going on. What's the deal? Yeah, and you know what? I saw a little clip. It must have been, maybe it was Insider. You've got to help me find this. We'll, we'll end the show with this. Gary Coleman. Uh, he was on, I think it's an Insider. He, so Gary Coleman, who, of course, is, is a, little, a little wacky um, ever since he went wacky. He's on there on this panel being interviewed, and he's like, I'm sick and tired of hearing about Haiti. <laughs> and, the, and the panel goes, what? He's like, I'm sick and tired of it. This, I'm not, I don't want anybody to go to Haiti. They need to send it to New Orleans. And, of course, the guy's making total sense, and they make him look like a total idiot, like, like a total crazy fuck. Oh, I, I, there must be, uh, oh, I hope there's a video of it somewhere. Oh, I can't find it anywhere. I just remembered. I, I could not believe it. He was going completely nuts. And the panel was like, you know, we know we have bipolar disorder. I mean, clearly it's, you know, there's medication for this, Gary. And he's like, but he's right. He's saying, you know, until until we get some money for Katrina relief, or actually we shouldn't say that for the levy breaking because the, uh, the Army Corps of Engineers didn't uh, secure enough relief. He said, I don't want any money going to Haiti. Why are we sending money to them and not helping, uh, helping the people in our own country? I think I've got the clip for you. Oh, really? Send me the link. Oh, yeah. Oh, this will be uh, this. The guy was flipping out. Are you Skyping it to me? Remember. You got it now. I'm not instant here. <laughs> I know it takes. A oh, it's with Victoria Ricano. That's hilarious. Was it? <laughs> 
Was it with Victoria? I don't, I don't, yeah, isn't that funny? No, I don't think she was on the show, John. Well, this is, this is a Haiti clip from the interview on The Insider. Is it? Is it? Yeah, but she hasn't been no, on The Insider. No, this has no, to be older because old. she hasn't been on that show. No, 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 no. That's old. That's old. I'll find it. I'll, I'll play it on Thursday. All right. Because it was just like, what? I can't, I can't believe that's going on. Yeah, this is from, dude, this is old. Uh, okay, then just uh, blowing through a couple things because there is a lot of stuff that we just need to mention because you won't hear it anywhere. EU leaders now are agreeing on a rescue for Greece, and it will be done through the IMF. So please go read Confessions Goodbye, of a- Greece. Yes, please go read Confessions of an Economic Hitman. Once the IMF gets its claws into you, which of course is funded by bankers, yeah, countries, sure, but it's really the bankers who own that. Um, you know, the minute they default, then uh, then they own Greece, and they'll have a they'll have a nice couple islands all to themselves. So, indeed, go by Greece. We'd asked our uh, uh, our producer Chris from New Zealand if he could send some New Zealand news. He said, you know, there wasn't really a lot, although you know the internet is being shut down there, kind of the same as in Australia. But uh, Hillary Clinton was supposed to visit. Uh, and she didn't come, and it uh, apparently cost the uh, New Zealand taxpayers a uh, hundred grand in uh, in planning costs. Why does it cost so much just to receive the Secretary of State? Doesn't make any sense. Uh, well, apparently, sounds well, like somebody's overcharging. And uh, this was an interesting vote. The ministers of uh, the European Parliament voted down a proposal. That would give United States authorities access to swift banking transactions between European member states. Which, of course, is a good thing. Uh, But more important is this was proposed, I guess, by the Starfleet Command, the Council of the European Union. And there were enough parliamentarians who were against it that they voted that down. Uh, So that's pretty good. Yeah, well, you don't think that they we, we already have access to the SWIFT data? Yeah, of course we do. There's a back door. Everyone knows that it. it's made by an Israeli company. Yeah. Everyone, everyone knows how that works. The president uh, now announced in the New York Times, which, of course, is the propaganda arm for uh, the administration. Um, actually, Rahm Emanuel announced it. We are reviewing a list of presidential executive orders and directives to get the job done across a whole front of issues, such yep. as cap and trade. Yep, they're just going to do it by executive order. That's right. Welcome to the fascist state. Yep, the Environmental Protection Agency. Hell with the Congress. That's right. The EPA will be moving forward with possible regulations on heat-trapping gases blamed for climate change, while a bill to cap such emissions languishes in the Senate. So the, the government doesn't matter. The House of Representatives doesn't matter. Senate doesn't matter. Executive order. How does this work, John? Executive order can just be thrown out there whenever. And I mean, this is. Do we need these houses of representatives? Well, apparently not. Now, here's the other thing that's going to happen. You're going to end up with those. All those. You're going to need a permit to sell your house. Right. We already discussed that on the last show. Right. But but how can it be? I mean, we have a Congress and a Senate for a reason. But apparently, the, the president can just say, you know what? I woke up this morning. I. I feel like, uh, yeah, like making some laws. And he can just do that? Uh, if you're in a dictatorship, you can. <laughs> no, but seriously, legally, No, come th- on. these executive orders went into play some years ago, and they, and they started getting more and more abused. Uh, you know, I, I think 
Clinton was a huge user of these things, and besides letting off a bunch of criminals at the end of his term, uh, it's just it's ridiculous, and there's nothing that anybody can do about it, and uh, just, you know... Unless it somehow shows up in the but Supreme Court. But is that constitutional? Yes. How does that work? That doesn't make any sense from a consti- constitutional viewpoint. The president has, he can do things. He can, you know, take a crapping or the bathroom, he can take a leak. You know, it's not in the Constitution, you know, it's not in the Constitution prohibiting it. Interesting. Well, do you think the Americans will stand for it? It's just the way it is. And we're going to be screwed, and this stuff's going to be kept a secret. We're going to be talking about it. Every once in a while, one of them will crop up, and someone will say, hey, look at this. Uh, it's just terrible. I mean, Clinton abused this thing. I think Bush had set it up to make it even more powerful, thanks to Cheney. I don't think, I don't know how much abuse he, probably plenty, but. Is this because we're under a state of emergency that this no, can still No, no, it's got done? nothing to do with it. This, is a, this can be done anytime. I, I, all right. Executive orders, this is like earmarks. You know, they started off with this as a good idea, and then they started abusing it. Oh, this is pretty Oh, look what we can do. We can just start giving ourselves money. Who's going to care? Who's going to notice? So now the president decides executive orders. He can do anything he wants. You know, let's do – I think Clinton's the one who did the, the, uh, some sort of a huge – just a pile of money for people to, to make high fructose corn syrup. I think that's part of an executive order for free money. Here, take all this money and go build a refinery. Well, okay, that that makes total sense. Uh, as uh, as we've been talking about the artificial uh, sugar crisis, and of course we asked our producers to do some research. Wow, okay, it's real simple. So there's a couple of um, all natural quote sweeteners that are uh, on the list. There's a Susta that is now being sold. There's a couple of. Uh, New sweeteners being, uh, and of course, this will just go through executive order now. It'll just be approved. The EPA will have all the power. Uh, Alatame is uh, pending FDA approval. Uh, Cyclamate, and of course, Steviocide, which is not Stevia, but it's a uh, it's a hybridized version of Stevia. And then this is the best, and it's probably if you look at Occam's Razor, this is probably the answer why we are in a. Um, a synthetic sugar crisis, i.e. it's not real, aspartame is being rebranded and now marketed as a natural sweetener under the name Amnio Sweet. How's it natural? Just because they say it is. Yep. There you go. Ajinomoto, maker of aspartame, which hopes to pull the wool over the eyes of the public, with its rebranded version of aspartame called Amnio Sweet, all natural. Well, you can call it all natural as long as it comes from the from you know the universe around us. As yeah, as everything's natural from that perspective. Yeah, yeah. Coke is natural. Uh, you know, the synthetic uh, heroin. Everything is methadone. Everything is natural. Yeah, it's not from outer space. <laughs> not that we know of. <laughs> Although that's something I will look into. I like Although that idea. Although make the argument that stuff from outer space is natural. <laughs> it exists in the universe. Uh, so that's probably what's going to happen. They're going to rebrand it because, uh, uh, you know, I, and I think the whole idea of the stevia stuff, which will just taste like crap, and then boom, out comes uh, Amnio Sweet. It's all natural and good for you. I think that they're going to find a new uh, moniker. This is my prediction for today. And then we can sign off. I think we're done. Yes, we are. Uh, my prediction will be they're going to rebrand 
high fructose corn syrup. Really? They'll call it something else. Huh. I, um, well, maybe we can help them come up with a good name. They need a good brand. Yeah. I'm sure we can help them. Something that'll be funny. Makes you fat a lot. <laughs> Sweet and fat a lot. Yeah, that's it. All right, well, sorry for the interruptions. I have to say that uh, these interruptions and the breaking of the stream came at very interesting moments in this program. I think not. When we were talking about uh, heroin poppies and uh, when we were talking about the uh, outrage that is executive orders bypassing uh, two houses of government, which are kind of the way it's supposed to work, poop, the stream goes. And I mean, like, I was disconnected here. Like, the plug was physically pulled. <laughs> so, you, 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 yeah, you tell me what's going on. Well, you know, the helicopters can land right on the roof here. So, as long as we record it, then it'll be fine. I, I want to, if I'm going down, I want it to be in flames. Well, make sure that the connection's good. So, um, perhaps I need to get a backup connection so I can muck them together. So, I need an ADSL, and that will cost more money. So, please think of us as uh, if you're lucky in the United States and you're receiving some of those uh, tax refund checks, think of No Agenda. Go to noagendashow.com. See the work we do on the show notes. And, of course, there's also Dvorak.org slash NA, which is our official donation page. Then you have... Uh, Oops, sorry about that. We have uh, uh, D- channeldvorak.com slash NA. If anything, get on the $5 a month program because it really does help us out as we build a, a larger base so we can continue, get to a third show a week. I'm getting set up for it, John. I, I hope it's clear without divulging too much about my professional life that I am making changes here as promised for 2010. And if any of the 50 women out there who listen to this show want to give us a uh, Valentine's Day present, uh, a donation would be it. Or I'll take it from men, too. Okay. (laughs) And with that, (laughs) and with that, thank you very much for listening. Uh, We'll be back on uh, Thursday. In the meantime, coming to you from the SoCal Southern Command Hilltop Watchtower Crackpot Command Center... Overlooking Los Angeles, California, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where the sun is now peeking out, and it should be a nice day, I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll be back on Thursday with another episode right here of No Agenda. You can take that to the bank.